definitely right. Well, segment one is good. Segment two is fucked because we have literally no bullet points for NFL Week 11. But we'll we say try, that. We should try to keep this under an hour and a half. Oh, easy. Yeah, easy. Well, we'll right. Alex is a professional. And he will make sure that we're. I'm not doing any of that. We're, we're, we're using. Uh, I'm I, honestly, this week's going to be tough for me because I I don't fucking know any of this shit. NFL Week 11, I can touch on a bit. Okay, I don't That's know shit. I don't know shit about the World Cup or Grand Prix. I mean, I watched. We'll say that. Say that. Be like, I don't give a fuck about your fucking European footy sports, you know? Oh, that's, yeah. <laughs> I know. That's why, well, that's why I got on today because just, I don't know a yeah. lot and it's going to be a lot of just touching on you guys nothing. Just be like, me. look, you guys want to get another 20 clicks this week? You're going to have to move on beyond your little fucking European rich boy race cars, okay? <laughs> why did we bring you on here, Alex? You're a dick. <laughs> I'm guaranteed I'm going to be saying that at least twice today. All right. Well, let's fucking dive into the formal... This is about right. We usually have about seven minutes of bullshit that I have to edit out. This is like, what we've we been call, recording this entire time. This is what yeah. we call show Jesus prep. Christ. This is show usually prep. you do, usually you don't do it, you know, recording. But We're doing it. It's right okay. Now. Everything okay. we do is live. It is. I mean, should I even count us down, or should I just pick a generic? No, let's just go. I'm gonna count it down. <laughs> no, let's just well, go. why the hell did you ask? But I'm definitely in post. I'm gonna leave at least the last ninety seconds in this. See, that's a great drop. It is that's a great drop. Check out the Should All right. So, in three, two, one. Welcome into episode three of the Suspended Indefinitely podcast. Back I at it again, baby. Back at it again. This is this is our longest podcasting streak that we've ever had with the show at three. We have a marginally talented guest with us today. I'm Justin Reschke. This is Ryan Noonan. That over there, Hello. that over there, is right. Alex Gratis. He's not a that. He's that, not a person. He's a that. That over there, marginally right. talented. Alex is out of the uh, Chicago sports market. Devilishly handsome. We, he's a Packers oh, fan. Thank you. We don't have yeah. to talk about me. He, I'm just. I'm here. I'm. I'm here to enjoy the time. He's, he's dedicated, my dedicated, dedicated he's Vikings fan. Whoa. He's. Uh, he's working. Whoa. He's worked in a production plant. Yeah, and he's done. I have radio worked. production. What does one do in a production plant, so to speak? Uh, he he's talking about. Do you produce plants? He's talking my my pre radio slash yep. sports career. Do you mm-hmm. produce plants? No, you oh. produce human grade. Uh, you produce pieces humans? that go inside the body. They're guide wires. It, it doesn't matter. Oh. It's, it's mind numbing work that I did in a past life. Yeah, that, okay. is, that has brought me brought uh, the on table. the road to the table. Here we are at the table. Yeah. All right. We well, got some. We got some drinks going today. So this. You be, know what? Can I just say? Last week was a little dry. The fact that we have Hanksky last the week, uh, devil's nectar that is your old fashions mm-hmm. cooking today mm-hmm. is going to think this go beautifully. So going old fashions on deck this week. That and seems to be the back the, of that bitch up with a fucking claw. You know it, dude. Of course. Double I'm going fisting to. with a longboard logger because this is a longboard or a long pulse and wires production. Okay, maybe no more alcohol for you, you know already, what? Chief. You just hit record, bud. Like, yeah. All right. Well, hey, that's it. You know. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Shut Who's it the down. fucking weakling at this shit. table? Yeah. Well, cool. Okay. So anyway, speaking of old fashions, I had plenty of them. Last Saturday, again, I was a shit college football fan for a day. I went skiing. I didn't watch. Yeah, well, you're a shit college I didn't football watch fan in of college football because I figured, hey, you know, it's what was everybody calling it? Statement Saturday was one of the buzzwords. Separation going on. Saturday, Separation Statement Saturday. Saturday. 
not very many good games. I'm not. thinking, look, you know, my team, the Ohio State Buckeyes, we're playing Maryland. You how he drops the in there? Like a I'm looking tool. like, you know, Christine's team, Alex, your team, Bama, they got something called Austin P. First I'm of like, all, that doesn't you matter. Just, you just, 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 just enough with that shit already, please. I know. All Auburn right. even had Western Kentucky, and I yeah, didn't even know that there was a real Western teams. Kentucky. Is there an Eastern Kentucky? Or there is actually Kentucky? an Eastern Kentucky. Is there a center, like a like a Middle Kentucky? There's a Middle Kentucky. Middle Kentucky State yep. MKS. Yep, exactly, yeah. exactly. See, I was banking on you, go Bullfrogs, being you know out skiing during this time. How the fuck did you know that they were the Bullfrogs? I don't. It's made okay. that up. You were banking on what? Sorry, I was banking on you being out skiing at the time. That's why I sent you a text during the. Ohio I saw State that, and I was and like, I said, oh, "Wow!" Shit. I literally turned my phone off. <laughs> As soon as you send me that text, I, I know, did that on you know why he, You know why he turned his phone off? Because he threatened me with like a thousand paper cuts if I sent him any spoilers from that yeah. day. Mm-hmm. He's like, I will shank you in your the, sleep. The difference in the score was only a touchdown at the right. time. I think it was like 20 to 13. Are you talking about how Maryland was like whipping that ass for a half? <laughs> yeah, I sent him a text that okay. just said, oh, looks like uh, Talia is pushing your shit in right now. Well, that Yeah, no, I was like, damn it, Alex, I'm going to steal. Well, because you didn't tell me about the the no, uh, no spoilers rule. Death by a thousand guy. paper cuts. Like I would have people on my phone that will text me during the game. So yeah. I'm going to add you to the list. Yeah. No well, spoilers. I didn't say anything. Well, well, I'm certainly not going skiing this upcoming Saturday because we all know what that game is. But going going back to this past Saturday. The second best game of the day. We were talking about Ohio State and Maryland, obviously. We'll get into that. But, I mean, just amongst – the top four teams. Yeah, there were some close contests. Michigan and Illinois kicked it off uh, early in the day with the West Coast 9 a.m. game, the uh, noon Eastern game, um, and that one. You know, Illinois really strong program this year. They were ranked earlier in the season. What Bielema uh, has done for them in one year is yeah. astounding. Just absolutely astounding. Clearly, he learned some shit from uh, Belichick. I think that we touched on Bielema, I want to say, a couple weeks ago in his time at Arkansas, but he didn't really get a fair shake there. But not with Illinois. He's able to build the type of program that he wants to in the Big Ten. Yeah. And I think that we saw – I mean, they're 7-4 they're, they're and four overall. And they're not going to touch you guys anytime four four. soon, but I well, mean, you never know. I mean, he's Illinois on the come up. Us. They're on the come up for yeah, sure. Illinois beat Ohio State, you know, back in 18, maybe. Yeah, they're on the come yeah. up for sure. Four or five years ago, something like that. But yeah, I mean, this one, it's it, it's at the shit house. It's at the big house. Oh, gotcha. Oh, yeah. Up there oh, in Ann Arbor. I see what you did there. And I mean, Michigan squeaks by on a walk off field goal by two points. Did they celebrate like they did against Army? That one time, yeah, they did. Of course, actually. they did. Did they seriously? Oh my god, they didn't charge the field to the quite the same extent as beating Army. Okay, so let me ask you this because mm-hmm. you get you take something stupid like that, right? And normally, because there's something funky going on with college football this year, there really is. Alabama, Every single week, I think, is all okay. There's maybe only a game or two that you know I really care exactly. about. Exactly. So Every you have a game, you have a game like Al- Alabama and Austin P. Alabama would put up 70 on them. They only put up 34, mm-hmm. right? So you have that mixed with uh, – oh, shoot, there was another one. Obviously, South Carolina and Tennessee got out of hand because Tennessee's quarterback went down with the ACL. But he went down late in that game. He I did. Mean, he absolutely The entire did. first half, he was he was okay. You know, I think was the, that was even in the fourth quarter, I think, yeah. that, that, that uh, Hendon Hooker went out. Uh, I finally remembered his first name after three weeks. <laughs> right. It is Hendon, Usually Hendon, I yes. just call him Hooker. I well, because I, I mean, why wouldn't you? I got then, that hooker guy. I got that hooker guy. But right in, in the spirit, in the spirit of not knowing what the hell's going to happen week in and week out, remember how Notre Dame started zero and three the season under Marcus Freeman? Yep. Mm-hmm. They drubbed. It was Boston College, granted, but they beat Boston College forty-four to nothing. Yeah. So everybody that was open in their mouth saying, "Oh, Notre Dame's going to lose a ton this year," they turned it around, dude. 
You just they literally yeah, never I mean, know what's going to happen on a weekly basis. You know, I was as I was skiing, I I did take a very prolonged break. You know, in the middle of the day, didn't you I call caught, me from the bar? I did. Yeah, that's right. I caught the entire second half of that Illinois Michigan game. Right. Um, and I was I was really surprised how Michigan could not get their offensive attack going. I mean, you know, just pulling up stats from that game. You must have course, been drunk to be watching some of the Michigan game. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you, you've got Blake Corum. Still puts up 108 yards, still averages six yards over 18 carries. Uh, got in the house once. Mm. Long rush of 37 yards, which was really, you know, that that helps that average. But for right. the most part, it wasn't the Blake Corm that we were kind of used to seeing week in and week out. And now there's talk of an injury that he may not even be able to go this upcoming Saturday. Um, in fact, one of the members of the Michigan offensive line at a press conference today mm. was asked about Blake Corm and what he means to this team, alluding to the injury. And he said, um, you know, not verbatim, but he finished his quote up with, mm. we're all going to have to step up with him out. And as soon as he said it, it was kind of like, ooh, you know. Damn, I, he kind of. supposed to speculate on maybe, that. Maybe he shouldn't have let that slip a little bit, right? But, I mean, Illinois, there's definitely a game plan there. Like you said, Burt Bielma yeah. laid it down. Brett. Brett Bielma. <laughs> Would you say Burt? Burt. Burt laid it down. <laughs> Bert put the game plan on tape to shut down the. Uh, the you know what? Bielema is going to find this pod now and be like, "Those motherfuckers! They they pronounce my name wrong." That's yeah, going in. Yeah, Bert doesn't give a shit about this podcast. <laughs> Bert. Um, moving on, you know, in the day, Georgia and Kentucky. I was surprised. I mean, Georgia sixteen to six. It's on the road in Kentucky. Not exactly a hostile environment, you know. But no, but so, Stoops is a good coach. They're going on the road and yeah. statement Saturday. Or, or, Whatever you want to call it, Stoops is a fantastic coach. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, Kentucky is a very, very disciplined football team, um, and they really didn't make many mistakes in that game. And they 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 hung in there against the number one team, bar none, in the country in Georgia. Well, Stoops has, you know, he ha- he has that team ready to go every week. I mean, granted, they lay an egg every now and then, mm-hmm. but I think they laid an egg against Tennessee, wasn't it? Or is it Vanderbilt? Who? Kentucky. Oh yes, uh, it was Vanderbilt. It was Vanderbilt. Yeah, it was, okay, so they'll that lay an egg. Just last week, I it think, was. Yeah, yeah so mm-hmm. they'll they'll lay an egg occasionally, mm-hmm. but by and large, <clears throat> Stoops has got them ready to go every week. So I I I chalk that up to just kind of a fluke. But you know, I I was surprised at actually I don't know if I should say surprised at how tough Kentucky played Georgia. Are you worried? Is it more of a statement to? how well-coached Kentucky is this season and the discipline that they play with, especially on the defensive side of the ball, or is it more that there should be more concern with that Georgia offense and a quarterback who was a former walk-on who really may be exposed, you know, in a full season as the starting quarterback at Georgia? Well, I think you're going to go all the above with that one because I think you got to give credit to Kentucky, played them hard, number one team in the country. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, what's – there's one team that's going to look at that tape and go, we're going to crush you, and that's LSU and the SEC championship game. Because LSU is going to look at that, and they're going to be able to create a game plan off of any Stetson Bennett uh, – did I say that right? Yeah, Stetson, yep. Bennett. Stetson Bennett. Yeah, yep. um, you know, uh, inefficiencies in that game. I mean, he was 13 of 19, 116 yards, uh, no touchdowns, did did throw the interception. But any, um, any defensive coordinator – is going to look at that and go, okay, all we have to do is smother him the entire time, and he's cooked. Yeah. So well, I think that the game plan is keeping him in the pocket. Oh, absolutely. Him to be a pocket passer and distribute the football. You got to do everything you can to, 
to make Georgia's offensive line just sit down and cry because they're tired. Yeah. Right. Anytime that sets and Bennett gets outside of the pocket. I mean, we saw it a couple weeks ago. He had that incredible running touchdown. Absolutely. Um, he is athletic. He's a hell of an athlete. And I, you know, what? down the field to go he's from elusive. walk on to be somebody who damn sure should be considered a Heisman candidate, mm -hmm. you know, is impressive. Any shot for Georgia Tech in that rivalry? Not game a chance in hell. So you're saying unequivocally, Georgia finishes the no season way. undefeated. No way. Number one, regardless. You know how uh, Michigan is a uh, big brother to Ohio State. I mean, Ohio State's big brother to to Michigan. Yeah. Georgia is big brother to Georgia Tech. Mm -hmm. You don't think they have any momentum after beating North Carolina? Hell no, because it's North Carolina. They were ranked. Well, yeah, North Carolina was ranked. Yeah, they, they were ranked, but at the same time, Georgia Tech has been shit for so long. They're not going to get cocky. They have no Georgia Tech there. shut them out in the second half of that game. Yeah, but that's one game. I'm just saying you're Georgia Tech. You're saying to yourself, we just beat North Carolina. Listen, if you want to go on their home field, 18th ranked, now we got Georgia. Not saying they're thinking they're going to win that game. Well, I'm not saying you shouldn't go in there motivated. Go in sure. there motivated. But I'm just saying as an SEC guy and somebody who used to live down there in the, in the Atlanta area and in the state of Alabama, I heard a lot about this game. I'm telling you, I know how that game has gone for Georgia Tech over the last decade plus. I don't think they have a chance to know. Is that one? Um, is that one in in Athens? Um, I do not know off the top of my head, to be honest with you. Don't worry, we got the Google's going. You get the Google's machine going. Yeah, if I can read. Yeah, it's in. Uh, Alex has it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. in Athens. It's in, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, in Athens, noon Eastern, ESPN kicking the day off. Yeah. So, so yeah, okay. No, I'm gonna, you know, what? I would, I would, give I'm with you. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say no chance in hell. The, for, once, for the one thing I would do to say, if it was a home game for them, maybe, you know, there you go. Weird. That's what yeah. I was gonna say. If this was in Atlanta at Georgia Tech, I would say, which is still a home game for kind of, there know. you go. I would say that's yeah. a, that's a hard maybe, and I mean hard maybe. Yeah. So, no one knows about hard babies. That's true. Unless you're a Pac 12 team, but what's up? Well, dude, how about, you know, the other game I was watching at the bar on the ski hill. TCU and Baylor. Now this is this is cool. So I'm sitting there. They had some other fucking bullshit game on one of the TVs. I was watching mm. the Nebraska game. I didn't really care, you know. Yeah. Like I didn't really care about either of those games. But no, I was just kind of keeping an eye. I'm not there to watch football. I'm there to drink and ski. And uh, excellent priorities. This this woman next to me says, "Hey, can we get one of these TVs put on Fox for the TCU Baylor game?" And I said, oh, shit. I kind of even forgot that that was yeah. currently going on. And I think I everybody's forgotten that TCU is ranked that high. <laughs> well, I mean, I certainly didn't imagine that it was you know, going to be close right. Right in the game. So I was like, oh, yeah, no, that's, that's a good call. So they put it on the TV. I moved tables closer so I could see it better. Yeah. And as I, as I kind of sat at the table next to this lady that asked this girl that asked to be, have it be put on, sure. I said, good, good call on that. You know, it's much better than whatever they were showing before. And she goes, yeah, like my, my husband actually – Played at TCU and they're losing right now. Oh no shit! And he's and he's coming upstairs, <laughs> so he's going to be pissed. I'm like, oh, okay, all right. You know, now we got you know now we got a storyline going on. So I so knowing you the way we do, you broke his balls a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. All he right. was he was a lot bigger than I was. He yeah, played, Alex and I are, he look, played O line there five yeah. years ago. Alex and I are hearing this going. We're not surprised in the slightest. Dude, he's yes. he's five years removed from playing. Not shy. Starting on the O line at TCU, he, he played under Gary Patterson. Yeah, he was a big. No dude. shit. He was, he's a big dude. I'm All like, right. Yeah, you know, I can't talk too much shit right now. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun watching that game with them. But like, I mean, damn, you know, they they squeaked by. 
29-28, I didn't think that they were going to get that last second field goal off. Yeah. You know, they don't have a timeout. They don't clock the ball because they can't. I didn't catch out. any of this game, so I'm, I'm just listening to what you what you got. So, so dude, so I also Baylor, did not watch this game. So, at, at half. Paint the picture. At half, it's tied at 14. Mm-hmm. You're know, like, oh, shit, okay. You know, Baylor's got something going. Third quarter, TCU put six on the board. Um, I think, I don't see it was a touchdown. It makes six extra points, but I could be wrong. Put six on. Fourth quarter, Baylor scores two touchdowns. Mm. Baylor had all the momentum watching that game. TCU could not get any. Dude, Dave Aranda has that team clicking. Yeah. Clicking. Every time that Baylor got the ball, it was, you know, little chip play, little chip play, big fucking shot downfield. All of a sudden they're in the red zone. It's like, whoa, you know what? How did that happen? All of a sudden they're, you know, they were constantly in the red zone in the fourth quarter. And TCU gets the ball back with, I don't know. Not much time left. They have one timeout. Right. They were forced to use that their timeout early on in that drive, so now they have no timeouts. They get it down within field goal range. Um, okay. I almost blow it. Um, third down, they don't get anywhere near completing the first down, and all of a sudden there's like 15, 16 seconds left in the game, I want to say. Damn. And they're, they're Chinese fire drilling it to get the field goal <laughs> team on because they can't. <laughs> no timeouts. They can't clock it because it's fourth down. And you've got the entire offense running off the field. The kicker was actually lined up before the holder and the offensive line. And they say kickers aren't athletes. Come (laughs) on. I mean, yeah, no, long snap, hold, boom, drill it. Game over. Hold on. I need a beer. Keep going. Yeah. As, as time expired. So that was, that was um, a hell of a game. (laughs) The dogs agree too. The dogs agree. What's, what's happened? You're mad at the washing machine. Oh, oh. Yeah. Seth, They're Seth, awesome. Lamp, everything is fine. It's just They're just my very cl- passionate about, about the TCU Baylor game. It's just my clothes. That really scared me, though, because I it's all amplified in my ears. <laughs> Lamp. They're just really passionate calm. about the TCU Baylor game. Yeah, that makes sense. They're fine now. They, they just have, really like that story. They've diffused the situation. But Baylor, a program that was ranked pretty high to start the season, um, was – Famously in Desmond Howard's uh, top four to make the college football. Don't playoff. you have some nickname for him? I forget. Okay. I mean, he, he doesn't matter, especially not this week. But um, better say, yeah, you know, I, Baylor is is no pushover, and especially you know all of those Texas games in the Big Twelve. Any Texas on Texas team always has a chance to be a thriller. We almost saw it last week. Um, I think it was last week, maybe two weeks ago. TCU and Texas Tech was. That was, uh, was I think you're right. That was two weeks ago. Yeah, I'm that was close sure. as well. So. TCU, I think, can be exposed. Um, their offense isn't really, you know, maybe as potent as we thought it was earlier on. The defense certainly wasn't able to stop Baylor in the second half once they kind of figured them out. So, yeah. you know, going into next week, kind of the same question. Um, how do we feel about TCU remaining unbeaten, you know, for the regular season? <sighs> um, They've got Iowa State uh, – at home in in Fort Worth, so yeah, well. If that was in, if that was at, <laughs> Lamp's freaking out. Lamp Lamp clearly thinks that that's TCU. Or, no. Okay. Well, anyways, I think that if that game was at Ohio State, Lamp, or Lamp. at Iowa State, Iowa State, it's Iowa State. Lamp, hush. Get over here. Hey. Go Come here. Everything's fine. It's fine. Relax. Go up. Go up. Settle down. 
Seth. Hey, the dogs wanted to join the debate. It's fine. What is happening? We're doing it live. We're not, they're just doing live. They're just they're just mad. Do it live. You're fine. You're fine. You can hear the washer so loud in this, too. Okay. So, So, if this was at Iowa State, I would say it could be tight. But yeah, you did it. Everything's fine. But in Fort Worth, good luck with it. I mean, I would say one and seven, though. They're they're not exactly kind of the upset makers that they have been in the past. So, you're absolutely right. You know, it, it should be a layup. I would say it's a decent chance, but I think it's also going to depend on what the other scores look like for the other games, too. So, And then we're looking at a Big 12 championship game of TCU and Kansas State, I believe. Oh, TCU is going to take that. If everything is no – uh, if, if it shakes out that way – oh, yeah, TCU's got TCU that one. Oh, for, for sure. sure, dude. Yeah. Yeah. If they can beat Kansas. <laughs> so, all that being said, I think, you know, we've, we've kind of covered – the close games, um, obviously, Ohio State, Maryland, very, very right. close. Three, three point game for most of the second half. Uh, and when do we get to the Pac 12 hate part of the, seg- the segment? Well, that's kind of exactly what we're going to do because ah, excellent. The, okay. last, the last game of the day between two ranked teams, USC at UCLA, historic rivalry game, uh, played there at the Rose Bowl. Um, Biggest dump. USC in came into it ranked number seven. We talked about them being a one loss team, being ranked uh, coming in. Uh, ahead of a two-loss Alabama, um, but below a two-loss LSU. So we were debating last week, is that kind of, you know, are they better than a two-loss Bama team, but somehow are they worse than a two-loss LSU team with with one loss? I would say in this instance, USC should be ranked over Alabama because with Alabama's two losses that they have, that could very easily have been four, Mm -hmm. right? And – LSU is not in that situation, right? USC is not in that situation. So I think those three teams where they're at right now, I think that's where they're supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, USC, this is their second-ranked win um, against an opponent that was coming into the into the week. Ranked. Yeah, because the Bama homers. Sorry, no, this is their first-ranked win. The ba- uh, yeah. They lost at Utah. So Well, the Bama homers don't want to hear this, but – uh, the University of Alabama is vulnerable this year. Well, yeah, we've seen that. They have two losses, right? Right. Yeah. I know. Mm-hmm. Which could have easily been four. They're vulnerable. <laughs> so I'm just trying to trigger Alex. The college football championship is just better with Alabama in it. So okay, you should get the hell out of this house <laughs> right now. You filthy homer. You sound like well, a Dallas Well, are we going to talk fan. about – are we going to look at records and are we going to look at style points, which I know the CFP was supposed to eliminate style points. It hasn't. You have to win the games – you're supposed to win by a wide margin. Um, you have to win the games you're supposed to win, but then there was that one time where, you know, Saban cried over the fact that, you know, his team got beat by Auburn in the Iron Bowl. Oh, well, you should still have teams with such and such, you know, th- these teams ought to be rewarded for something a year after he said, oh, no, we're the top two teams. We deserve to be in the championship. He's a hypocrite. And I say that purely out of spite. Clearly. That man is the Darth Vader of college football, and I say that out of spite, and I have spoken. I'm going to take a step. <laughs> so Alabama coming in, um, obviously they took care of Austin P this weekend. They moved to eight and two. Is there still is there still a path for the reigning Heisman winner? No. For Nick Saban? No. For what has been for the better part of the last decade, far none the best team in the SEC. No. Always in the top one or two in the country. 
is there a path for them or is this is this a fluke or is this maybe a shift where we start to move away from Alabama always being in the CFP? You want my blunt, honest opinion? Well, the dynasty anyway. is over. The dynasty is over. It's a young and team, Alabama man. fans need to sit down and deal with it. The dynasty is over because Mr. Information there, give me the first four teams in the college football rankings right now. Well, coming into the week, it was Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and TCU, okay. and I don't think that we're going to see any movement. You're not going to see any movement. Right. And all the Alabama fans, including the homers at this table, can you know sit over there and say <laughs> – I haven't said a single word. I'm, no, just I'm, just, I'm just giving you shit. No. No, I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just messing with you. Go but for, listen, all of the homers can say whatever they want. Okay? It's not going to happen. You can talk about a New Year's Six Bowl all you What's want. What's not going to happen? They're not going to oh, get in. in yeah. Yeah. They're not, the there's no, no path. Because, I mean, it would take at this point, like, let's say, okay, so Ohio State and Michigan, one of them is going to get a loss. Sure. But who's number five in the rankings right now? Well, coming into the week, it was Tennessee, but they're out. Yeah, they're going to so, be out. So, I mean, see, normally this is why we would record this on a Tuesday so we have this information, but we're speculating. Right. Because we're, we'd rather fucking do it live with everybody here. Sure. So, who are, the one, who are the one in four teams right now? So, I'm going to defer to the AP for okay. this. And I think that this will stand true. Um, USC jumped up to five in the AP. And that's where I think that they will be standing at okay. 10 and one because they kind of have to. Because somebody has to lose in the top four. Yep. So if USC takes care of business, they're going to move up. Mm -hmm. And I'm fine with that. because Well, I don't know. I don't know. Or you think they're going to get leapfrogged? I don't think that you can put a 10 and one USC team above a 10 and one Ohio State or a 10 and one Michigan. That's, that's a good point. Okay, You so might be able to put them above a 10 or now an 11 and one TCU. So let me tell you this. If LSU beats Georgia, they will jump into the top four. You think USC will? No, no, LSU will. Oh, LSU, even with two losses? Yes. So then, yes. so so a two loss LSU team with wins over Georgia, with a win over Alabama, you're gonna say that 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 is enough of a resume. Yes, I think if LSU, if LSU is in the SEC, the dogs disagree. Well, they should deal with it. <laughs> Put him outside. You're on timeout. Hey, guess who's suspended indefinitely for oh, the rest of this podcast? Oh no! See Got what him. I did there? Got him. See what I did there? Going yeah, down. I'm looking I mean, at you, Lamp. Lamp, this is all your fault. If you would have just remained calm, Seb yeah. wouldn't be in, indefinitely suspended. Yeah. Well, Lamp is also indefinitely suspended. So, yes, I I personally think I get, but what, what are we doing here? We're speculating, right? We're guessing. Well, that's all that we can do. At right, this point. exactly. So I'm saying if LSU beats Georgia, if LSU beats Georgia, they will leapfrog into the top four. Mm -hmm. I'm calling it right now. That's my guess. What about you, bro? What do you think, Alex? Yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah, wholeheartedly. Because this body of work over the course of the whole season. And that's that's kind of the way that it should be. That's why we have the CFP. Absolutely. That's why we have the committees, you know, to talk about things like this. Yep. And yeah, that's you know, that would be good to see. I guess, you know, what, what you don't want to see is is there a scenario there where you end up with Georgia playing LSU for you know in the playoff? It's not gonna happen because somebody's well, somebody's, somebody's gotta lose in the SEC championship, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that if you have because a one loss Georgia team still got to be in one loss Georgia is going to go from one to four. So let's say that Ohio State wins. Ohio State 
jumps to one at 12 and 0. There you go. Plus the Big Ten championship. Michigan's going to be out. Well, I don't think Michigan's out with one loss. That's kind of the other thing. So Michigan goes from two to four or two to three? There are three now, so maybe they go to four or five. So then where do you play Georgia in? And if you're saying LSU gets in with a win over Georgia, you know, there's who's out, I guess, at that point. It's got to be TCU. But they're going to be undefeated, like we just said. But you have to look who's got it's it's going to come down to strength of schedule even though it doesn't even though it shouldn't even though it shouldn't it's going to come down to strength of schedule i think that you're going to see even with one loss georgia's going to be and this but is no no particular order let me tell you this though, even with on. one loss michigan and ohio state are going to be in let me tell you this though and an undefeated tcu is in so no, everything you're saying totally has one. merit everything you're saying totally has merit but what this is going to do at guarantee you this is going to bring up the debate of college football playoff expansion well yeah and that's that's going to happen it's know? going to happen it's going to go from four to eight teams and it sounds like it's not happening as quickly as you know maybe it should well no because you're going to have the pac 12 people crying about it so and you know is eight kind of that number because originally 12 was was kind of thrown around and 12 yeah. is too many. Ah, i right. don't think i mean ah. looking at like lamps th ah. lamp thinks there should be eight so you know it's i think again it's all just going to come down to speculation i mean like you, if you expand to 12 just just take it you know you're you're talking utah's a playoff team you're talking penn state's playoff team oregon's playoff team you know north carolina's there at 13. you know i mean probably won't be after when the next round is coming out but there's one factor that you have to take into consideration there that you haven't said yet and that's time you're going to have to have the time for all those games to be played, right? And there's not enough time because schools aren't going to want their students to play all that football, even though it's a huge moneymaker. Yeah, I, I don't think 12 teams is, so, is the way to go. I think 12 is too many. I'd like to start with six because I think you can definitely make a case. You can make a case for especially six. Especially this year that wow. the top six wow. should be in. Wow. Yeah, you, you, can, you can make a case for six. I think you can make a stronger ah. case for eight. Yeah, you can make a case for eight. eight but if you want to make a case, wise. if you want to make a case for six ah. on an experimental basis, go for it. So, I, I think that that's ultimately what happens. Yeah. We start with six. We move to eight. Right. Sitting there at number eight is Alabama. We've said that you know maybe they're falling off. They don't deserve to be a playoff team. Speaking of Alabama, they've got the Iron Bowl coming up this weekend, which is. An interesting game. It's gaining momentum as a rivalry game. Usually not talked about because it's overshadowed by the game. Uh, that's on the same lie. day. You know it. That's a lie. Um, you filthy liar. Don't lie to the people, to the 20 people that are listening to our pod right now. Don't lie. After the entire nation watches the game Saturday morning, it's a nice little consolation no, to have. No, no, the entire, listen, no. Alex, you're a filthy liar. This is all my fault because I, I did laundry and uh, – Lamp just You're won't fired. stop barking. She just won't stop. Ah, Anyways, ah, why is this my fault? Lamp has a rivalry with the washing machine. Yeah. So that's bigger than the Iron Bowl. As, as, as the entire universe realizes that the Iron Bowl is the greatest rivalry in college football. Well, yeah. Uh, see? It's not Ohio State and Michigan. Thank you. No, it's certainly not. But it's, you know, so it's a distant second. If you asked me five weeks ago. At least we can say our – opponent's name okay, so we can spell out two Auburn. months ago anyway go ahead Someone two months ago i thought that this game was going to be a dumpster fire and auburn was going to get crapped all over right 
Then we fire Brian Harson, thank merciful God. And Cadillac Williams is named the interim head coach. Okay. They very, they very nearly, they very nearly win at Mississippi State. Okay. If they had won that game, we'd be bowl eligible right now. So I, in the course of three weeks, have gone from not a chance in hell that we win this game to who knows. Yeah, there's absolutely a good chance that this is a good football game. I think it's going to be at the very least a good game. I mean, it's not going to be a blowout. Alabama all year long has been playing like a young team, like one that has been yep. undisciplined, taking a lot more penalties than yep. we've seen in years past. So it's no shock to me that they have two losses, right. and it's no shock but to like me. But like you said, could have been four. Yeah, it's no shock to me that they're not going to make the playoff. Right. And it would not be a shock to me if they lost to Auburn this weekend. It's like I said before. First, of all, you're, first of all, you're absolutely right. Okay. It's it's You're totally right. Everything you They've said. just played the whole season like – they're not quite at the level that we're used to seeing, which is a lot of NFL yeah. caliber seniors on the defensive line. Yeah, you know, guys we're going to be seeing first round picks. First of all, I don't know if you've looked at Lane or Lane Kiffin, <laughs> Nick Saban on the sidelines these days. He looks terrible. Well, yeah, he's he's pretty he's stressed. Like I mean, he's seven years old. Yeah. When was the last time he, he was coached ranked the Dolphins? Eight? You don't come back from that. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a fair point. Yeah, that's a fair point. But anyways, to sum up. Is that like 2006? When I but when I look, yes. When I look at the, um, I, I guess you could call it a culture change. I, just knowing what I know about what it was like in that locker room with Brian Harson, and to see the fight that the Auburn players on all three facets of the game have had. Well, I can't really say special teams on that one, but offensive and defensive, these guys are ready to run through a brick wall. They're energized. They're excited. They, you know, want to just fight like hell every single time they're out there for Cadillac, right? You take that energy and that motivation, knowing that they there's an outside chance they could be bowl eligible, right? They have something to play for because there was a time when if they hadn't made this change, they were going to be like, there's nothing for us to play for. Why the hell should we even bother showing up, sure. right? They have the potential for a bowl game. There's something to play for, and they will run through a brick wall for Cadillac. Williams. Sure. Okay. So the guys are held, and they feed off of his energy too. It's apparent on the sidelines. So and by, me and being, that makes this game, you know, their Super Bowl. That makes this game going from not a chance in hell it's going to be a dumpster fire of a football game for an Auburn fan to got something to play for. They got something to yeah. play for, and who the hell knows? Do I think they're going to win? I don't know. Okay, I'm the eternal optimist because I'm an Auburn alum, so it's in my DNA to be, you know, an optimist. Sure, and as an yeah, Alabama fan on the other side of that, you say to yourself, well, what the hell does Alabama have to play for except for beating Auburn? You know, yeah. <laughs> they don't have uh, – If Christine was here, she'd probably agree with you on that one. Yeah. You know, yeah. chances I mean, are likely. But, I mean, no, yeah. she'd probably say, no, they're going to beat them no matter what. I like to be the uh, realist when it comes yeah, to sports. Yeah, she would say that but... out of spite. You're the realist. So, <laughs> but yeah, I just I for me being the Alabama fan, I just I don't think that there's anything else that Alabama's really playing for at this point other than you know trying to beat Auburn, and it's not like they're going to be getting anything a good bowl game. Now, are you an Alabama fan or are you on the bandwagon? No, I'm an Alabama fan. You're a goddamn liar. <laughs> Why? 
Well, how are you he in was, Alabama? He fan? was born outside of Turn Three at Talladega. I was born in Talladega, yeah. Alabama. Yep. In 1987. Eric so when was, wrote a song about it. When was the first Alabama game you went to? I've never been to an Alabama. There you game. go. That's how I know. You don't have to go to a game. Yeah, but you just have to have family that's obsessed with Alabama football or any kind of football. I have Auburn family too. Are they? You know. Well, no, then they're good people. So. Okay. <laughs> no, that's fine. I actually didn't know I you just, were born uh, outside of Talladega. That's awesome. So, all right, I'll give you that. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you that. No, I was born right in Talladega. You got turn three grandstand up here. Yeah, okay, fair enough. I'll, I'll, no, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll, I'll definitely I just, give you that. Uh, I will say that my excitement for college football has tapered yeah. over the years because, I mean, you know, 2007, 2008, when Nick Saban, you know, took over the program. Mm-hmm. Which and, began my decades-long nightmare, but that's neither yeah, there nor there. At this point, it got – well, not this year, but at this point, it gets to a point where you look at the schedule and you say, I'm not going to watch the game unless it's yeah. against a ranked opponent because mm-hmm. it's, you know, a garbage team. But like you're also going to be getting to the point where eventually he's going to retire. And that's the question I kind of want to ask you is, you know, we're going to, I'm sure, move on to another college football part of this segment, but – at what point, if you're Alabama and you take a look at this season, which is obviously a failure, do you say to yourself, "When, how long, like, how long do we have till we realize that the Saban, uh, not experiment, because it's been over ten years right. now, but this whole thing has run its course? When do we start looking in a new direction?" So, Justin, check me on this, but I think that Saban is signed through 2028. Okay, I believe you're right. Yes. I don't think there's any chance in hell that he coaches out that contract. Extension. I think a lot of contracts that end, you know, with a, a later date like that, right. there's a fat chance that they ever get, you know, fully served. Right. But I don't, given the situation, let's say he has a let's say he has a losing not a losing season. Signed through 2029 with his okay. latest extension as well. Let's yeah, say they lose two games next year. Okay. Do you start thinking about it then? Do you start thinking? About I think if he looking in another direction. Well, so yes, and I'll tell you why. If I'm him. And I see what this season has done to my blood pressure, God knows hairline. Okay, if I'm him. Yeah, he does look old out there. He looks he does, right? And you could see the way the stress is weighing on him because Bill O'Brien has been a dumpster fire from the get-go. Okay. And he should fire both of his coordinators, right? So I think that you're gonna look at what happened this season, the fact that he has two losses, he's out of the college football playoff, could have easily been four, okay. If he has two losses again next year, I think you're going to start to see the writing is on the wall. And you know who I yield to on that one is Paul Feinbaum. The mouth of the South said, I would basically, he said somewhere, I can't remember where it was specifically, but he said somewhere, I think I would give Nick Saban two, three more years. I mean, that doesn't shock me at all. Yeah. How often do you see coaches at in any sport hang around longer than 10 years. Oh, listen, I mean, his his tenure is, uh, listen, I'm enough of a sports fan to know that his tenure is very impressive. It's very impressive. Mm-hmm. And it should be congratulated. The guy is, is, is on the, you know, Mount Rushmore of college football coaches of all time. No, there's no question, right? As much as I hate to say that out loud. Well, I'm just kind of saying that to your point. Sure. Because it, it, you take a look at playbooks and stuff like that. Absolutely. They go sale. Uh, teams around the league, they'll, they'll figure you out. Yeah. So. A lot of coaches and stuff, they get phased out within two to four years. And I, and to, so taking off what you just said, you just said a lot of coaches figure you out, right? And you know who I think figured him out first? Tennessee. Because, well, I shouldn't say that. 
obviously he had that near miss against Sark in Texas, mm. right? But then you start to pile up those near misses, okay? Where I started to see that really happening was Tennessee because Josh Josh Heupel, did I get that right? Josh Heupel, did, did, I, did yeah. I pronounce that name right? Big dude. Yeah, 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 okay. So you see the kind of X's and O's that that guy puts out on a weekly basis, right? What he's mm -hmm. done to Tennessee is just astounding. And I think that, you know, Saban is going to look at a guy like that and then whoever the hell Auburn hires, whether it's Hugh Freeze or whether it's Lane Kiffin as the next head coach. Urban Meyer. Or, yeah. I, think, uh, I think the countdown started yeah. as soon as some of his coaches from the tr the, the, the coaching tree mm -hmm. started, started getting wins. Like Kirby Smart mm -hmm. in Georgia, you know, I think was, was really the first one that said, to, you know, you know what I we're going to be looking – well, and, and yeah, he, he was first coach pretty soon. Lane Kiffin put together a hell of a game plan, too. Yes, he did. Mm -hmm. You know what? Ago. You know what else I think is going to start to make the dominoes fall toward him retiring and saying, I don't know how long we can sustain this. You got to look at it this way there's two candidates that are like the top candidates to replace Brian Harson at Auburn. Okay. Number one is Lane Kiffin. And we've had Justin and I have had some debate about that. Okay. I wish we could talk about it another time off. off he could be the record. Wild. But don't back down for me. So no, no, I'm just saying, like, because I'm talking about from like, like a timing perspective. I don't know if we have the time to talk about that right now, but we never have time for it. Mean, that's right. There's always so, time. But listen, time. Here, this is what I'm saying. So you have Lane Kiffin and you have Hugh Freeze. Hugh Freeze has beaten Nick Saban twice while he was the Ole Miss head coach, right? Mm -hmm. Name me one Ole Miss or LSU? Uh, uh, Ole Miss. He was the while well, oh, he was the Ole Miss he, head yeah, coach. Hugh Freeze. Hugh Freeze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I got the um, So name me one head coach that would antagonize Nick Saban if he had Auburn's resources to no end. Antagonize him, poke the bear, and Lane Kiffin. Yeah, oh, yeah, Lane Kiffin. Not okay. Because how many times did we see Nick Saban undressing Lane Kiffin on the sideline, sending him look like he was grounded yeah. for the weekend, right? Yeah. So you know that he has the habit of poking and prodding the bear, and I think that if you have Auburn's NIL resources, which I think we said was $15 million, right? Mm -hmm. Which is half of that, to, and that's being generous at Ole Miss. Plus, he's hours closer to the Atlanta talent pipeline. Why wouldn't you take that? Yeah. You know, and then maybe he keeps Carnell Williams as the running backs coach at Auburn, God willing. And he puts together a great staff with the brand new athletic facilities that we just opened. It's a win win combination. And I think to your point, that's going to start the dominoes falling toward him retiring, just kind of based on what you said. I mean, it's just a given at a certain point. When you've had this much success and you've yep. put out as many coaches into Absolutely. the league as you've created, Absolutely. you're going to get figured out. Nobody has beaten father time when it comes to that. Correct. So Undefeated. He's not going anywhere. Here's why. Uh-oh. We already talked about they're going to expand the college football playoff. They might start with six. Soon enough, it'll be at least eight teams. A two-loss Alabama team this year, you, you you're saying okay if they have two losses again next year and oh my god two losses the you know the fucking Titanic is going down we've hit the iceberg you know here in Tuscaloosa it doesn't matter a two-loss Alabama team still gets in with eight so why why wouldn't he want to coach through that era when he goes holy shit okay maybe the league's a little bit tougher maybe I've lost a step here or there. 
but I could still be a playoff team with two losses. Because if, if he's record-chasing at that point. He's then, absolutely yeah. record-chasing. Yeah, well, so so not, are six around. It's not just about generational wealth, okay, because he's oh, got no, enough yeah. money for his, his great-great-great-grandkids, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So he's got the best hair dye. Knowing <laughs> that's for sure. So <laughs> knowing, but knowing Alabama fans the way that I do, mm-hmm. they're going to start to see years and years of two, maybe three losses start to pile up. That's that's the question. That's so, the question. It's all going to be dependent on what happens next year. The boosters, the boosters, the administration, the fans, the culture. Is all of that going to put up with maybe? I'm not saying this is true. him toward retirement. Because I don't want to put one foot in, in the grave for Nick Saban after a fucking right. two-loss season. Right. You know, I was going to say, we shouldn't just assume that this is the norm now. Because we did mention Nick that this is, is a young washed. team. This is a, this is a team that this, has had the least amount of seniors right. since the They don't beginning. have the wide receivers that they've you know, right. normally it's, used It's just going to gonna take some time. You yeah, know, it's it going to take a, a you year. You should not assume. Yeah. Okay, because he could come back lights out next year. I hope not. I, I would not be surprised if they were undefeated next he year. He could come back lights out, right? Mm-hmm. He could. But John, let me just say this. I know Alabama fans. I would equate them to New York sports fans and Dallas Cowboy fans from the what have you done for me lately culture, right? So they have been spoiled for so long with all of the success that if you start to see, you know, one or two, maybe even three years of two or three losses stringing together, Mm -hmm. is it going to be up to the boosters and the athletic director and the president to sit down and say, listen, dude, We've had a great run, but you got to think about calling it quits because, and I think that Nick knowing, knowing how competitive Nick Saban is, I think that he's going to hopefully start to see that the lighting, the, the writing is on the wall, you know, and then maybe say, all right, I want to leave this team, you know, where I built it. I want to get out now so somebody can come in and build it back up. You know, that's, that's my theory. I'm probably way off on that because you know I have spite. Not to well, like, do we know what kind of person he is at this point when he gets asked these questions? You know, like, is he a guy who's going to say, "All right, I just want to break every record I can" because there's not really. I mean, what well, he's got no financial incentive to keep staying there. So if I'm if I'm correct me if I'm wrong on this, does he hold the record for most national championships as a coach? Or is he still tied? I think he's still tied. If he wins another one. He's done. Because what does he have left to accomplish? Yeah, but like, how do we know that though? Like, what? Because he could just keep going. What if he just but wants to keep coaching football? But also, know? he's the same kind of competitive guy. He's a competitive guy. He's also a smart guy. But yeah, because there's one important factor that you're not considering. Yeah, he's he's the record holder right now. Yeah. So he holds he holds yeah. the record. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say so with that LSU one, he would have broken. Yeah, right, right, right. Year. Okay, yeah. So there's one important there's one important factor that you're not considering. And that's Miss Terry, his wife. Eventually, because Miss Terry runs the Saban household. Okay. And eventually, Miss Terry is going to look at him and see what the seasons weigh on him, you know, like from a physical toll. And Miss Terry is going to say, You're done. I mean, we would hope that she wouldn't take the Jill Biden approach. No, 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 no. no, no. Nick Saban. <laughs> no, no, but, but no, trot him out there. But, but at the same time, like, also consider this like, is Alabama, are they going to say, all right, well, we've racked up a couple of two-loss seasons. Oh, shit. It, it's the, it's the end of the Nick Saban era, but we can't, like, we, we, they have to give him the option. 
They do you have know, to give him it's the not option. like it's not like they would just be like, well, you know, we're going to force you to retire. I think it's just going to be a thing where you you go as long as you want to until you're done. As much of a detriment as it might be for two or three years. Well, I th- and, and see, this is this is, and I'm going into a sport that we're not supposed to talk about. But Mike Shashevsky at Duke. No, we're shutting it down. He had <laughs> killed the, the He had the lifetime contract. <laughs> yeah. Right. I think that has kind of laid the groundwork and set a precedent for other sports. Mm-hmm. Right. So listen, I'm very biased when it comes to this mm-hmm. and you know, I didn't pick up on it. You have to talk to an outside, like somebody who's an outsider, you know, who doesn't have any stake in the rivalry like you and I do. And Christine does. Right. Somebody that can think about it logically. Like if it's me, I'm like, I want, guy, I, want the guy to I want the guy to retire tomorrow. Both of our listeners are like, who the fuck is Christine? They, and one, they keep of, bringing up and this one of them is Christine. We're on so, episode three and we don't even know. She's a partner in this. Yeah. So, you know, both of you guys she's that are a, listening right now, she's look, this is she's a figment of our imagination. Right. This is a challenge for Nick Saban. This is why, you know, yeah. wins wins and losses and CFP and all that bullshit aside. Yeah. I don't think he's going anywhere because I think that he wants to prove to himself, like you guys are talking about what else does he have left to prove? What does he have left to do? What motivates him? This is what motivates him. He wants to win in the NIL era. He wants to win. He hates in the NIL, though. He hates it, but he wants to win, and he wants to win in the transfer portal era. See, I don't think – I think he's so This stubborn. is a new era of college football. This is uncharted territory totally for everybody. I totally disagree. I totally You can disagree. have coaches come in, and they can master the portal, and they can they can use their NIL resources. I mean, look at what, you know, what Coach Prime is doing at Jackson State. He's right. the number one overall recruit in the country. Right. At Jackson State because of NIL. You have Texas AM that dips into the portal, they dip into NIL, right. and they put together an insane recruiting class. It's historical. They don't do anything with it. So coaching still matters. And I think that you can look at what Jimbo Fisher is not doing in Texas AM. And that, you know, from a 10,000 foot level top down, that in and of itself is a challenge for Nick Saban yeah. to look at okay, can I not make the same mistakes? that maybe Jimbo Fisher made with Texas A&M. Can I exist in this era of pretty much free agency? I mean, we we pretty much have free agency at the college football level right now. So I think that that's intriguing. Nick Saban in the NFL, he didn't like that. Normally, I would agree he, with you. He didn't like that approach. He liked the recruiting. He didn't like that, you know, you build a roster with money and resources. He liked to build his rosters with people and with character. Right. Normally, and he's done that at Alabama. So maybe he's not interested by right. this new era and, and it pushes him out. Right. But it's still a challenge for him to overcome. Normally, I would agree with you, but and you could back me up on this, dude. You never agree with me. That's true. <laughs> um, Nick Saban is the most stubborn individual in college football. So is he that hates? Is he going to stay because he wants to win? But but to get him, but well, that's the debate. But like, see, who knows? What are you, know. How are you going to get him to embrace nil? He hates nil. Mm-hmm. I mean, he almost got into a fist fight with Jimbo Fisher because of it. So you have to find if you can find a way to make Nick Saban embrace NIL, then I'll totally change my tune. Mm-hmm. But good luck climbing that hill because I don't think that's going to happen. No. That's just that's just my opinion. No, it's you know we'll see what happens. Yeah. We'll see what happens this upcoming week Definitely. in the Iron Bowl. Um, it's still you know obviously one of the most anticipated matchups of the season for the reasons that we discussed. Um, 
Really quickly, I do want to move on because we have. A we took way too long on that on that segment. There was right? no it, it was good. Long. It was good content. It was beautiful. Wait, I gotta ask you though. I gotta ask you. I gotta ask you a really important question okay, before right. we move on, okay? Because our, our listeners need to Let's understand go. the importance of this. They're both ears wide open. Right. We gotta talk about the meat sweat for this weekend. What what are you expecting for the for the meat sweat for <laughs> for for the game? I am ha- I'm actually happy you asked that question. Yeah, we gotta talk about the meat sweat because uh, the, the Ryan, hashtag meat sweat is a the is, Ryan Day hashtag yeah. meat sweat. I was worried against Maryland a little bit. He yeah. had he had the big black puff jacket going on, right? Which, if you recall, that's what he was wearing in the game last year. I know when it was up at the shit house in Ann Arbor. Yep. And it didn't work. He he was unable to get a meat sweat going. It was snowing that day. It was a little cold and windy. Look what happened? It was hard to maintain a meat sweat. I'm hoping that he's prepared. The game is in Columbus this year at Ohio Stadium. Much better environment. He's got his hometown city barbecue out of CBUS. Uh, if they still exist, I'm not sure. That was like 15 years ago. You you feel pretty passionate about this, right? I'm very passionate okay. about, first of all, city barbecue, if there still exists. Alex, do you know about house. the hashtag meat sweat? No. Okay, you need to please look. please educate. Yeah, me. Okay. see Ryan Day, he is a big man. He's yeah, he's he's he's, he's a husky individual. You know, he's not huge. He's not like a Josh Heupel, you know, kind of guy. That's true. But he's you know he's a little huskier. He's not like a skinny pole like a Lou Holtz or you know maybe even like an Urban. Listen, he's not like Lou Holtz, but it's yeah. fine. Okay, <laughs> or Jim Tressel. You know, he's, he's got a little heft, which is what you need. It's got it's got girth. It's what you need to get you through the season. Yeah. Okay. And he's got very rosy cheeks on occasion. And he also gets a good meat sweat going. And you can tell. I've broken this down. There's a spreadsheet. There's an algorithm. It's true. You um, showed me. I'm trying to sell the story of the meat sweats in Netflix. They're not listening at all. Bastards. But as soon as I have more data, I think from this season, I'll be able to put together a compelling case. Maybe even for a second season that I can sell them on. You just got to get to the right person. Just don't call, exactly. up, call, call up Bezos. Yeah. Call up Bezos and get him to right. put it on Amazon. They'll buy anything. They've got that cannibal show right now. There it's you like, go. Like, yeah. I'm talking about meat sweats here. You know? Right. Anyway, give it time. You'll get the right person. You can tell by the way that Ryan Day walks into a stadium what kind of meat sweat he has going on. That translates to performance on the field for the Ohio State Buckeyes. So let me ask you very another very important question to go along with this, okay? Mm-hmm. Because he needs to know, I need to know, the world needs to know. If you were to create the game day team meal menu for the game, what would it be and why? We're starting off with brisket. We're going heavy on the brisket. Okay. Uh, we're backing that up with some sausage, smoked, slow. Okay. Um, you know, I normally I would say maybe a venison sausage. I think that's too rich for game day. I think okay. you would you would hold the venison back for maybe a day or two out. You know, certainly like a celebratory. Oh, a day or two before. A day or two before. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Get a good base, a good venison sausage base, but you know, probably a pork sausage day of smoke that up nice. Um, I think that you follow that up right before kickoff. We're like we're talking 30, 40 minutes before kickoff. Okay. Um, you know, right as warm-ups are wrapping up, teams heading back into the locker room, they're doing their thing on Fox. That's when it's time to break up the tri-tip. Oh. So you wondering when you were gonna mention the tri-tip. There you go. You get a nice base layer of brisket, you follow that up with a little sausage yeah. for the energy. Sausage Oof. is easy for the body to break down and gives you that. Oof, I'm getting that all energy. tingly listening to this. I get meat sweats just listening. Oh, yeah, I know, right? Yeah. See? Ryan Day's taking that energy to Columbus, and he's topping it off with the tri-tip on Go Saturday. Go frothy meat sweat. Yeah. That's why I feel good. That's why I feel good. It's going to be a cold day. It's going to be a Big Ten football day on Saturday. I don't think it's going to be snowing. I haven't looked. I'm just making that up. But that's God's country. My heart tells Columbus, me Ohio. it's not going to be snowing. It's not going to be blowing. 
It's going to be good conditions for a meat sweat as long no, as no, 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 no. It's going to be blowing because Michigan's playing, so it's going to be blowing. Oh, see, there it is. Hopefully. Yeah, playing. Got him. See what I did there? Yeah. All right. But I mean, yeah, we are glossing over that game because it's you can't talk about that game any more than anybody else already has. So we don't need to talk about what it means. You know, it's two versus three. CFP implications. You've got Blake Corum, you know, with the injury question hanging over his head. You got C.J. Stroud. Yep. Coming off of a uh, maybe a lackluster performance for him, but he should still, still the, be a Heisman. He's still the Heisman front runner. Yeah. I mean, Hendon Hooker tears his entire ACL off of his leg. We wish you know, him well. We do wish him well. Yes. Um, I learned his first name uh, this week. So Hendon Hooker, we, we wish him well. Only three weeks. <laughs> Only three it weeks. Took, yeah, that's it. Nice job. Yeah. But yeah, but anyway, our, our we already know what that means. Um, coming up this Saturday, I. I'm confident in the meat sweat. I hope you learned from last year that if it's a little bit cooler at the end of November, you gotta you, you gotta pile on the tri-tip. Got so it. you know what? Let's just, just summarize that by saying we don't give a damn about the whole state of Michigan. Never have. That's, cheers. That's cheers true. to that. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers to that. Cheers. All right. Cheers. Shit. I mean, what should we should we talk about the NFL? That's kind of the format. Well, all right. So week eleven highlights, you think? So yeah. Um creating the rundown. Is that what it's called, Alex? Mr. Yeah, sure. Okay. That's, that, that's what you would call you it. Call it whatever you want. I call it a rundown. Our notes sheet. Notes. I it's wrote. Just, it's show prep, boys. Show, show prep. prep. I wrote segment the two. The form that you use is up to you. I wrote, it's all show prep. I wrote segment two, okay. NFL Week 11. Yeah. Okay. And then I, I see it. I didn't write anything else. I. I <laughs> so, it's all right. You know, we we like to just wing it here. I watched a lot of football Sunday too. But yeah, I got to tell you, I was nonplussed by the football that I watched. This has been a running theme on the show of what this NFL season it, is lackluster. It is mid. It's this an NCAA mid. football show, is what it is. No, it, but it's also well, continuing on with the football, the college football theme. What the hell is happening this season? Yeah, college yeah. football was insane on Saturday. Statement Saturday, whatever you want to call it, that was an insane slate of games. Right. We even were captivated for the first time probably ever by the by the Pac-12 after dark game of USC <laughs> and UCLA. Who even watches that? Nobody watches that the Pac-12. No, everyone is anticipating. Like at that point, you're less than 24 hours out from Yellowstone, and you're just you're you're moving on. Which is exactly why nobody's watching the Pac-12. <laughs> I'm telling you, like okay, NFL. Green Bay laid an egg against the Titans. Alex, I was just going to start off with that. In the first Alex, care to, care to share your thoughts with what the people thoughts? on the line? What are your thoughts as a Green Bay Packers fan? It's just a brutal game. I mean, all season long as a Packers fan myself, which I know is blasphemy as I'm from Chicago, but doesn't matter. It's Pack, all good, dude. The Packers all year, you say to yourself, when is Aaron Rodgers going to break out of this this slump that he has? And Is it the R-E-L-A-X relax curse? <laughs> No, I mean, uh, uh, something that he said, you know, three years ago is going to have no effect on on this season. But the problem that I have with Aaron Rodgers is the fact that he's got no one to throw to. Everybody who has a good game ends up getting hurt the next week. Or traded. Christian Watson did have a huge game uh, or a huge week. But the problem is if he's not going to have anybody to throw to as he keeps aging, his his – his time, remaining time in Green Bay is just going to keep getting worse and worse. So if Green Bay is not going to assess getting a primetime receiver that they lost in, in Devontae Adams, I mean, I think his his ticket out of Green Bay is is coming a lot sooner. Well, let me ask you this. As somebody who's an outsider to that team, because I'm not a Green Bay guy, right? But I do watch when they're on because that's a stadium I would love to go visit one day. Mm-hmm. I think that Green Bay's GM – and ownership have been criminally negligent 
in wasting his prime years. That's always been the case. I mean, you don't get him shit to throw to. You take a look at just two two years ago with drafting Jordan Love instead right. of taking a wide receiver. Not only drafting they, Jordan Love, but they didn't tell him they were drafting Jordan Love. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Um, that's not yeah. an ideal situation for your you know MVP quarterback. Well, and then I'm if I'm not mistaken, two years ago that was a wide receiver loaded draft. Absolutely, there oh. was uh, I. I I was shocked. I wanted them to take Chase Claypool that year. As you should, and, because he's a beast. And now he's a bear, which is great. It's a disgrace. But, um, no, that's – that's. I mean, it's not even anything the Packers are doing wrong this year. It's a talent thing. I mean, right. it, David Bakhtiari has been out most of the year too. So when you've Talk got, about a guy I'd love to drink a beer with. <laughs> you're taking – when you take away, you know, an Elkton Jenkins too, you know, your left tackle and your left guard, right. giving Aaron Rodgers less time to throw with less receivers. Yeah. That's the other thing, too, is like we, we knew going into the season that the Packers weren't going to be very talented at, in the receiving core without um, Devontae Adams. And they only added Sammy Watkins and a couple of rookies to the draft. So when the season progresses and they start dropping like flies and all you're left with is a receiving core of rookies, they're going to go get Odell Beckham Jr. Well, you're supposed to, in theory, you say to yourself, well, your two best receivers right now as it stands are two running backs and A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. And it wasn't until like week five that we started seeing them both featured on at the same time on the field. Yeah. So uh, for me, it's not even a matter of Aaron Rodgers' talent depleting. It's as he gets older, it's just he doesn't have the weapons to throw to. So that's why I put that on the GM and the ownership. Yeah, Bri- Brian Gutekunst. Uh, Gutekunst. I can't ever say his name correctly. Sure he he right. definitely has to address that in the offseason. Well, but Green Bay also has a habit of the, the, the management and yeah. the ownership. Have a, have a habit of saying you're going to take what we give you and like it. Sit down and shut up. Yeah. Well, in years past, they've been just wizards in the draft and with Ted Thompson at the right. helm. Um, you know, they would find gold in fifth, sixth, seventh yeah. round and not have to worry about that. Well, and part of me wonders if they're doing this out of spite just to run Aaron Rodgers out of there and say, "Dude, we're done with you." No, I mean, at the end of the day, you still have a business to run, and yeah. the Packers are a story franchise with you know incredible fans that they still have to sell tickets to. So, I mean, I would love to go to a game. I highly doubt they would try and run Aaron Rodgers out of town, but at the same time, they did just give him that big extension. And if you're not going to build around that, then what was the point? Well, because you doesn't know? he have like forty million dollars coming to him next season? Or 45 yeah. million. Yeah, it's it's it has definitely hamstrung the Packers right. in their ability to correct this problem in right. getting him the receiving well, because he needs. So if you trade him, how much is that going to be dead cap space? It's pretty much impossible to trade Aaron Rodgers. Right. You'd be paying probably thirty at, million at, at dead least, cap. Yeah, at least a third of your cap is going to be dead. And yeah, they can't do that. But yeah. Uh, as far as this game goes, it did not shock me one bit to see the Titans just steamroll a, a Packers team that can't seem to put it together here right. towards the end of the season. And to be honest, they don't really have much to play for at this point. I'm with you on that one, dude. I, I mean, I have some family connection to that team, like distant family. Like my cousin and my late uncle are huge Packer fans, right? Mm-hmm. I just watch from like a, a distance. But – I see Aaron Rodgers throw the deep ball, and I'm like, man, that guy throws a pretty deep ball. And I want him to do well. I really do. And I just look at what they put around him, and I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, if I was a Green Bay season ticket holder, I'm looking at that product in the field. I'm going, why am I paying for this? 
Yeah. Well, yeah. you're also saying to yourself, we've seen this before with Brett yeah. Favre. I right. mean, you're playing into your 40s, and yeah. it's at it's at the point where you say to yourself, is this the season where we're going to see him start to stumble? And right. I don't think we've seen that yet. I just don't think he has the talent that he is used to having That's uh, the supporting cast. And it's unfortunate because you see him as this whole season has gone on. If you look at Aaron Rodgers and he overthrows a receiver or, you know, doesn't make uh, one of his receivers drops a pass, he's getting a lot more frustrated than he did in years past. Right. And so. Hey, at least you beat the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah. Great. That's always good, right? It's just you that know, is always good. <laughs> if Aaron Rodgers is going to finish his career in Green Bay with with one Super Bowl, that's that's criminal criminally bad. It's criminally bad, but he's still yeah. going to the Hall of Fame. Absolutely, I I, yeah. I think that's the truth. Um, the other team, the other game that took me by surprise in Week Eleven was the Lions just crapping all over the Giants. Yeah, Giants at home. Um, uh, yeah, you know, hamstrung a little bit. Um, not much depth at wide receiver for them. Yeah. Um, you still have a healthy Saquon Barkley. You have Daniel Jones doing everything for that offense from throwing it to running it to literally being the offense. Mm. Um, Lose your top receiver, though. Yeah, exactly. And that – what was surprising for me is that the Lions were able to put up 31 points mm. on the road Yeah, against the Giants. That's the yeah. difference. Right. I mean, Giants, they've, they've had their offensive struggles – all season, they've had their offensive struggles for years in recent memory. But yeah, for the Lions to be able to hang thirty-one of them—that's that's the surprise mm -hmm. um, for me. And you know, it Jared Goff, like I'm, I can't believe this. I'm looking at the numbers right now: 165 yards passing. Best game I've seen him in a Detroit uniform. Yeah, and it's you know, Jamal Williams rushes for three touchdowns, but he only <laughs> 17 carries, 64 yards. Three touchdowns. Yeah, I think that's the bigger story to take away from that game is how yep. Jamal Williams has eclipsed uh, DeAndre Swift in the you don't think game. his Yeah, especially in the red zone. You don't think his fantasy draft rankings are going to skyrocket next year because of that? They're going no. to go up a little bit. I mean, Jamal Williams has been in the league for a minute, and that 3.8 that average per clip is not going to – it's not going to, you know, push any needles on draft day. But he could also be a decent trade. His, his red though. zone usage is is going to be what gets him uh, on a lot of people's draft boards. Well, I exactly. bet you, I bet you, he's, he's going to be draft, a decent, draft him late. Yeah. Red zone guy, yeah. RB three, flex guy. Mm -hmm. If Detroit needs a trade piece for something, I bet you he's it because just because of what you said, because of his red zone usage. But running backs don't command a ton. You know, I mean, even yeah, even Christian McCaffrey was acquired, and the Niners didn't have to give up a first well, round pick. But do you remember what I said about that draft pick? You or said that, that they trade? gave up a ton. And I they, said they gave up too much. They gave up a bunch, but they still didn't give up a first round pick. But then you know what though? I've seen what he's done. And what I has said, he done? He's, he was eclipsed by. But he's had Elijah Elijah Mitchell Mitchell. But he's had <laughs> good games that have helped contribute to winning efforts. Yeah. Every week since he's been on the team. He has. No, is he lighting it up? No, he's not. But he's giving solid outings, and that's mm -hmm. what we need is running back depth that does that, right? Because we haven't had that in a while. Because we had Brita, and we had Jeff Wilson Jr., and we had a whole bunch of other guys. We don't have anything. So that's what we needed, right? Yeah, but, I mean, you know, Brita's starting right now. Brita's doing great. Yeah, for the Giants. And Jeff Wilson's doing great. For the Dolphins. Exactly. So, so I'm with you. That, that depth has been there. And most of them are doing great. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, yeah most are not another guy. So yeah. yeah. 
Um, tonight, just as we check in live with our Monday Night Football game, Christian McCaffrey, five yards, 31, five carries, 31 yards, um, 6.2 average right. there, no rushing touchdowns. As of yet, Garoppolo's got two through the air. Ooh, Garoppolo, 12, 12 or 16 so far? Yeah, Kittle's got a, re- a reception for a touchdown. Yep, yeah, we saw that one. Um, and then I think Ayuk has got the other one. Uh, yes, that was his, his only reception so far. So um, McCaffrey, though, to your point, five carries on the ground. We talked about that. Four receptions out of the backfield for 42 yards yep. thus far. So maybe that's kind of the type of player that he turns into for the 49ers is kind of a gadget type guy, which he really kind of hasn't been, but he's certainly capable of yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but that game is going on live right now as we record. Um, you got to talk about the World Cup, dude. Well, I mean, yeah, eventually. Is there anything else that we kind of want to touch on first, you know, before we kind of move on? Because um, we've, we've talked about this. We've drilled this. I am nonplussed by this NFL season so far. You know what, dude? The only thing that I could think of to talk about before we go into the World Cup is that I was not, I was not expecting Dallas and Minnesota to go the way it did. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, yeah, total massive blowout. shout out to the Eagles though for um, you know for the performance they put on against Indy. Well, yeah, Vikings coming off that that big win at Buffalo yeah. um, the week before that. Another big win. We've all seen Kirk Cousins on the plane. Sure. Um, to only put up three points and three points in the first quarter to be shut out for the for the uh, yeah. following three quarters. Yeah. Very un Minnesota like um, from what we've seen from them recently. Uh, only their yeah. second loss of the season. They moved to eight and two. Cowboys seven to three. Um, I think Philly controls their own destiny in the NFC East. Well, yeah. I mean, Dallas. Seven and three, what we've seen out of the NFC East would normally be right. at the top of that division handily at seven sure. three at this point in the season. But Philly has just been playing lights out. Philly, I mean, yeah, they they stumbled against the commanders. Yeah. Um, that was surprising. Nobody expected that to happen. No. I and then they come that. out kind of flat on the road in Indianapolis. And they got lucky. Against yeah. a coach who's not a coach, who's never Coached before, uh, Jeff, before last week. Jeff who? Jeff fucking Saturday Damn is straight. his name. Um, that was impressive. For a 17-16 to 16 game in today's NFL, that was damn entertaining. But you know what, though? Nick Sirianni, massive shout-out to him because he's the definition of a coordinator who is going to be a good head coach. Well, he's, yeah, figuring it out. He's, um, I think he's having to. Absolutely. Um, to your point, though, I'm not enamored with this season and the matchups as well. Um, but can we just maybe highlight Thanksgiving football because God bless America and Thanksgiving Day football? Great you know, country. Um, great country. Greatest country in the world and Thanksgiving football. I am plussed. <laughs> yeah, you're plussed? <laughs> I popped him. Well, because I, I walk away to, to throw my clothes in the dryer and I hear you're nonplussed. Right. And, that, yeah. and then I come back and now you're plussed. So what's happening? You what has happened here? Um, there's, you know, normally I'm, I'm normally, keeping you on your toes just like this yeah. Thanksgiving slate of games I'm, is. I'm on my toes. Yeah. <laughs> normally, normally I'm excited for all three matchups. Bill's Lions is going to be a dump. I mean, Josh, Josh Allen's going to throw hey, all over them. We just saw the Lions put up 31. Yeah. Maybe I should. On the road. Yeah. They're at home. They got the Bills. The Bills are also kind of at home because they just played in Detroit. Yeah, maybe I need to cool out on that one. But Giants-Cowboys is the only one that I'm looking forward to for Thanksgiving. 12.30 start Eastern. It's the earliest game of the season. 
outside of you know the the European yeah. that doesn't count. Are the Bills going to show up and just be like, oh, it's too early, you know, I don't want to play football. I want to. They they'd be shotgun beers and jumping through tables. But you know, you know what? It, I mean, that's, that's even true. central you time too. Though, so that's eleven. You know what though? Bills Mafia knows how to throw down. They do. Game. So Bills Mafia is going to be ready to go for that game. You know what? The Lions. I'm going to put the Bills on upset alert in that one. I think the Lions have a shot. I, you know, I, well, coming off of the Giants win, hell yeah, I, mm-hmm. I totally agree. What do you think, bro? I think the Bills have been losing random games yeah. all year, and I think there's no reason not to believe that the Lions can't win this game. Yeah, I personally don't think that Josh Allen is is going to allow. Um, well, Josh know. Allen's the MVP front runner, I think. Yeah, could Fine. be. By default, I'm grabbing a beer. That's why it sounds farther away. That's all right. Can you get me a beer, too? Yeah. Did you put any cool yeah. in there? I put uh, other fridge, dude. This way. Closer to the podcast setup. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, that's um, the podcast fridge. So let me let me ask you this, dude, because you stepped away when we first started talking about this. Of all the matchups, first of all, Patriots-Vikings is going to suck. All the matchups for what? Are we talking for Thanksgiving. About? Okay. Giants-Cowboys is the only one I'm really looking forward to. Mainly out of spite because I hate the Cowboys. But... You're absolutely right about Bills Lions. I would definitely put the Bills on ups. Thank you, buddy. I would definitely put um, the Bills on upset alert. Um, the Vikings—they're having the kind of season where they laid an egg against Dallas. I don't see them doing that two weeks in a row. They're going to be hungry. They're they're playing at home again. They're playing at home um, on Thanksgiving night. Patriots really kind of a flat team this year. Oh, I'm gonna use that term. So that was quarterback. So Vikings bought at the deadline too, so it's not like they're just gonna lay down. That's true. So yeah, you know they got that's TJ a good point. They got the best wide receiver. In the I think game you're right gonna now. see the gritty. Dude. Justin Jefferson. I think Justin you're gonna Jefferson's see the gritty. Gonna be looking to come back. The gritty's gonna happen. I think. I think Justin Jefferson's gonna be ready to play hungry. That's the time. right time slot for that game, though, because I I think that you know looking at the other matchups, you've got. The potential, I think, on the table for an upset early in the day. Yeah. Buffalo is always excited to watch, you know, kind of bar none with the offense that they have. Right. New York and Dallas is always a good game. There's right. a rivalry there. They're both seven and three. It's, yeah. yeah that's the perfect second Exactly. Game. Like, that is the perfect midday. Like, if you burn the mashed potatoes a little bit, who cares? Right. Because there's still mashed potatoes. And you're going to be watching good football, so you you're, you're going to be eating pumpkin yeah, pie. You, you're going to you, you can leave them, you know, on the stove for a little bit. Maybe that they don't need to be stirred right. that much. You're going to have the last little, three minutes. Have you a nice old fashioned, eat some pumpkin pie. Yeah. And I think now that I think about it, I think that this game has the potential to surprise people because on paper, I think it'll be good football. It sounds boring, yeah, but I think it has the potential to be good football. Right, right. You have Belichick. Versus a team that's doing pretty damn good so far. They laid an egg against Dallas. I don't see that happening two weeks in a row. You never know. You have a Cowboys team that is humming on offense right now. Right. Against the Giants team that, you know, we don't know. Danny Dimes has to be Danny Dimes. Danny Dimes running for his life is entertaining. We don't know what kind of Danny Dimes we're going to get. Right, exactly. I mean, you got you've got uh, your your constant in Saquon Barkley and then a bunch of question marks. So yep. no doubt. No doubt. What do we got next, bro? Um, I mean, I I have a question. Fine. Oh, here we go. I have a question just because we're talking about the Giants. Yeah. Where does Odell Beckham end up? Great fucking question. You know, we're coming up on Thanksgiving. He I says say he's it. not going to sign with anyone. I get a notification about every three days that pops up yeah. on my phone. Odell's says, going somewhere. Odell something, something, something. He's, he's considering oh, somewhere. Yeah. Oh, he's, no, no, he's, he's still, still, he's still out Where's there. he going? He's Jimmy. going to the Dallas Cowboys. You think so? I guarantee you Jerry Jones is going to find a way to make it happen. 
See, because all year long, I've wanted him to go to the Packers just because won't. they're – well, they're – Not not Why, why – yeah, I mean, yeah, there's no point, point now. Right. But Three I'm weeks saying, ago, sure. Sure, yeah. But now at this point – like, But I that would involve Green Bay's management getting Aaron Rodgers a weapon to throw to, and they're allergic oh, to doing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought he might have, you know, went to the Chiefs until they got Kadarius Toney, which we won't talk about that. Right. That decision burned us oh, both oh, in fantasy. Was... Right. Um, but – yeah. I think it goes back to the Rams, to be honest with you. You know what? I think it's going to be – you know what? That's a good point. And I'm going to tell you why that's a good point. Because knowing wide receivers the way we do, the three of us do in the NFL. We know what's the number one tendency for wide receivers in the NFL that the three of us know about. They're divas. They want to go to the places that are going to get them shine. They're going to get them pub and, you know, all of that. If it's not the L.A. Rams to go for another Super Bowl title, it's going to be Dallas. Yeah. So the Rams aren't that great so far this year. They're okay, right? Mm-hmm. Dallas is like you just said, is humming on offense. If it's me, I'm saying Dallas one, Rams two. That's just my opinion. Yeah. And that's a fair, you know, that's a fair point. But we're looking at only the NFC. The Rams are three and seven, right? Okay, good. There you go. Yeah. So we're looking at – He's the, not going to the Rams. Okay, but we're looking at just the NFC. I mean, there's still a lot of football left. What about the AFC? <laughs> a, Are you saying some, that he's going to disregard any football. AFC targets? What about Miami? I mean, I did mention the Chiefs, but, yeah, I, I don't know. You don't I, think Bill's Mafia would go after him? I don't think Give Josh Allen to. another weapon to throw to? I don't that's – him going to Buffalo is interesting. I think that that's... They already have, like, four receivers to throw to. Yeah, exactly, but... But at this point, Odell Beckham doesn't want to be a number one feature guy. He wants a ring. He wants a headline. He wants rings. And he gets that, potentially, if he goes to Buffalo. He's not going to the Rams. They're three and seven. He's already done the Rams Rams are out. It worked. He doesn't doesn't need... what He goes back to L.A. for the Rams, and it's a worse scenario than it was... For him last year, so let me. Let but me, it's a situation. Let me, he's let me, familiar with. Yeah, but he checked all the boxes last year. But let me back up my AFC claim with a little bit of evidence. Do it, and then I'm going to touch on his familiarity because I want to roll back. Done. Well, okay. Let me just just one quick thing. There's one person who's playing for Buffalo right now, Von Miller. If I'm Buffalo, yeah, he's I, a ring But too. if I'm if I'm if I'm Buffalo, I say to Von Miller, get on the phone with OBJ. Tell him he should come here. I would say Buffalo, dark horse candidate for o- for Odell Beckham Jr. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. You, you had something you wanted to – I just don't buy the, the ring chasing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, thing because they already r- won the damn ring last year. Right. So – So get another one with a different team. Well, yes, but you got to also think to yourself at this point in Odell Beckham's career, and this is why I mention L.A. as a, you know – probably above Dallas and Buffalo because he's already been there. That's where his post NFL career network is going to be. Why not continue to build it while you're, you know, on this shitty Rams team for the rest of the season, Mm -hmm. you're going to cash in, you know, on easy money for the rest of this year Mm -hmm. while also continuing to build your network in LA isn't that why anyone ends up in LA? 
when they could sign for more money I somewhere know, else. I like, mean, is there is there like like a personal network or like from a media standpoint? No, from like what, whatever his you know post playing career thing is going to be. You know, okay. He's going to okay. he's going to want to brand something. Yeah, and you, you only want to do that in L.A. You Ryan said NFC East. No, I said AFC East. No, you said NFC East because you said Dallas. I right, right, right. I said yeah. You Alex mm-hmm. said familiarity going to a place. That he already knows. Well, I'm not saying. Oh, like, you're not saying what I think you're going to say. I'm saying gonna go exactly. To, he's going to go to Danny oh, Dimes. Oh no, Giants. is going to be back Danny Dimes' savior, and he's going oh, back man. to the New York Football oh, Giants. Dude, Given I, the way he left there, you no really dude. think that okay, would be no, an option? Yes, no, I hell no. Hell no. We just talked about. We just talked about the lack of receiving. Giants fans are Giants fans are going to shit all over that. They're going to shit all over that. But it's going to work. Well, that would. Provided Danny Dimes can find him in the big in media downfield. market in New York, he's, he's better off going to the, he's better off going to the Jets. In New oh, York I just don't, I just don't buy like the way he left New York. They hate him in New York. I don't dude. think that would be a prime. Listen, that's a clever idea. Alex is right. That's just a clever idea. If this is, if this is any dumber. You go and do something like this. If this is like totally redeem yourself. If this is Madden, then yeah, it makes sense. But yeah. this is not a video game. But this you is, got it. So this is IRL. Okay. Top. So OBJ wants. I'm with you, dude. OBJ wants okay. rings. Yeah. Well, he, he wants rings. He wants shine and pub and media and attention and all that shit, right? Which he won't get in LA. He won't get that with the Rams. He's not going to get that with the Chargers. I'm sorry, bro. He's not going to the Chargers. He's not Chargers going to the Chargers. Keenan Allen is yeah. maybe kind of coming back. Mike Williams, who was back, and now he's hurt again. And now he's, he's going to go to Dallas. Chargers aren't touching him. Sorry. So Dallas in the NFC. That's the only team I can think of right now. Dallas in the NFC. Maybe the Eagles, if they want to pull a fast one. You but just said the Bills. Whatever. In, the Bills. I'm talking about maybe oh, in, the oh, NFC. in the NFC. Maybe okay. in the NFC. My AFC dark horse contender is the Buffalo Bills. Because Von Miller is going to get in his ear and say, dude, come over here. We need you. Mm-hmm. Plus, Bills Mafia would love him, love him. They would. Yeah, so, that's just me. I think of all the teams, that one makes the most sense that we've thrown out there is the Bills. Yep, because be in a blue jersey in New York, and they do have the receiving depth to where he's not that fucking you know premier face where he's going to have to deal with you know if he drops the target, yeah. it's not going to be a big deal because that's probably going to be one of two or three that he gets in a game. In a mm-hmm. situation that you know he's going to have a quarterback, not a high pressure situation where it would go to Diggs or or right. Davis. So he's going to have a quarterback who's accurate as hell, perhaps and the best in the NFL. Damn right straight, now. the NFL MVP front runner, I think, and Josh Allen. I think he was until this injury. Oh yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, There's still a chance he still can. You know, Dallas is going to find a way to get in their own way. They always do. I'm of the Stephen A. Smith mentality of Dallas is going to find a way to get in their own way. Dak's going to hurt something, yep. or Ezekiel Elliott's going to have a game where he can only get you three yards of carry. Yeah, but Tony Pollard. Although should be you the have to watch one there soon. We we speak of Zeke with respect in this household, only when nice. he's wearing an Ohio State jersey. But that you know, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, well, so does Jerry Jones. I mean, yeah, he's got true. Tony Pollard out, clearly outplaying his, his hey, shiny toy and his Ezekiel Elliott. Of course. He got a hell of a week coming back off. No, he, did, he did. He did. Yeah. But if I'm Tony Pollard, though, I'm like, get me the fuck out of here so yeah, I can be already once somewhere. 
it's just so hard in the NFL with yeah. how much dead cap, all like oh, any yeah. trade that happens, you, you you have to pay up all that bonus money. So no it doubt. really screws. No doubt. No teams doubt. Over. Um, do we want to go to World Cup or Abu Dhabi coverage? Well, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, and NFL like that's. I guess I'm excited for Thursday now. I'm with yeah, yeah, dude. No, I doubt. am excited to see where OBJ actually ends up because yeah, I am too. Yeah, there's actually that's interesting. I'm, I, we, I might there's paying, so many options. I might know, start it's, paying attention it's to some not of those a clear, notifications. It's not should, we a clear a, should we have a gentleman's wager uh, about where OBJ ends up? I don't care that much at all. You can say just. <laughs> I, I just like what a, are we wagering? I don't know. Yeah, dinner somewhere. Sure, by dinner tonight. That's perfect. Well, yeah, because how are we going to know? Buy it, buy it proactively. So when he's, <laughs> so when he's wearing a blue jersey for a team uh, in New York slash New Jersey, then lamp, lamp, what do you think? Lamp's trying lamp's, to from the yeah. outdoors. Lamp's like Justin, shut up. Lamp's like, <laughs> let me back in the house. <laughs> but yeah, so okay, yeah, no, we can talk World Cup. Are you a uh, are you a footy guy, Alex? No, but I'll chime in. Okay, so I have things good. to say. I'm hoping that you would chime in. Okay, so I'm triggered about this the whole band. I'm going to preface this first by saying I haven't given two shits about soccer for 90%, 95% of my life. The last couple of years, I've been intrigued. You want to know how I know I'm he intrigued. hasn't given a shit? Because I took him to an LA Galaxy game 10 years ago, and he's like, just get me drunk. That's the only reason why yeah. I'm here. That's what it's- Well, soccer just doesn't matter. No. It's a thing. It's not a real sport. <laughs> no, it's golf just some is European not a real sport. Thing. Golf's okay. But soccer is really just, you know, Basketball's not a complete sport. waste of time. I understand why we talk about it because despite soccer being a complete waste of time, it okay. is it is the most popular sport <laughs> on this planet. So That's I do fun. I do understand. But wow. um yeah, not a fan of soccer Lampard at all. It's it's not um it's it's not a thing. It's an interesting game. I take the Hank Hill approach when it comes to soccer. You have to watch it. it when you're absolutely hammered. Yep. It's the and only then, way to do it. See, I enjoy the songs. I enjoy the chants. I enjoy the culture. The whole culture is just a bunch of degenerates. So do you get tips for whenever Leeds yeah. is on TV? See, that's what I was going to mention. Not quite three years ago. It was, it was just after Leeds are in promotion back to the Premier League. I found like $8 in my Bovada account that I had completely forgotten about. And I'm thinking, what's the worst decision that I can make with this $8? I bet on soccer. Yeah, bet on soccer because I didn't care. I wouldn't really care if I lost eight dollars. I wouldn't care if I didn't. You know, it was it was just I don't want to bet on something I know because I already have a rooting interest in things that I know. Bet on something totally fucking stupid. Let's bet on leads. I took that eight dollars, Alex, and I turned it into like thirty-four hundred dollars. There you go. And eventually, through playing their online blackjack, I worked it up to the threshold where you could actually cash out. So since then, I've been a leads fan. Oh. And now it's interesting because that is America's team in the Premier League. They're owned by the 49ers ownership. Um, That's why I hate Leeds because Jed York touches it. Yeah. <laughs> There's rumors that the 49ers are actually going to end up taking a majority stake uh, ah. from the current owner, um, Rad Rosani. I forget his first name. I'm horrible. First name's Hendon Hooker. <laughs> Dogs are going crazy. Um, but, yeah, it's – it's been fun. Now they have uh, two American. Well, first they have an American head coach, manager, in Jesse March. Um, they have two American players who are both on Team USA for the World Cup. Um, sorry, the U.S. Men's National Team, you know, not Team USA, I guess, but doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Soccer. See that part doesn't matter. But uh, Brendan Aronson, who runs 
per game on average, he runs farther than any other player in the Premier League. This guy's a fucking firecracker. He's all over the place. They have Tyler Adams, who's one of the best defenders uh, from the midfield um, in the league as well. So that's why I'm kind of intrigued. And USA, they're, they're not projected to go very far. They never really are. You've got Brazil. You've got Argentina. You know, Germany uh, was a powerhouse um, with the last World Cup. France is always there. But finally, I'm kind of interested to see how the how the U.S. does. And, hey, I'll tell you what, at the bare minimum, it's an excuse to crack a beer at 11 o'clock in the morning. You damn and, right. You know, on a Monday. You damn right. So, sure, yeah. You, it's something to throw on in the background and root for your country. So, yep. that's, you know, that's yeah. why I'm interested. You know that's, what, dude? That's the I'm only way I that could one. ever matter. I could, you could, that is the only way to get soccer to matter to me. Yep. Yes. Is to have America in it. Exactly. Just act like a damn degenerate. Yep. And, yeah, that's the end of that. Mm -hmm. Liverpool plays. So, okay. Team USA is Liverpool my team. plays Aston Villa on the road coming back from the international break, right? That's what, later in January? Uh, no, it's uh, December 26th. So, it's right after Christmas. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, I'm coming off of my tradition of watching Die Hard 1 and 2 on Christmas Day. I'm already going to be a degenerate drinking right. during that, right? Yeah. Have to so, watch then, then 26th, you have... Liverpool kicking off against Aston Villa at 9.30 in the morning. You damn straight I'm turning on yeah, uh, which is a the game. Fucking right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm turning on that game and cracking open a beer at 9.30 a.m. because I'm going to be a degenerate like the rest of my Liverpool people. See, that works. And that's yep. the culture we've learned in, so in soccer. Degenerate which is ass backwards from where the World Cup is right now. Exactly. Exactly. Why in all fucks would you take the World Cup and well, I mean, we all know why, you know. There was well, there was a lot, there was a lot of, of bribery, there's a lot of money, yeah, and exactly. you know, FIFA and right, all that. But geez, imagine being a fan. You're finally post-pandemic. Yep. You're looking forward to the World Cup. Yep. You want to go, and let's say that that you're you know a high roller and you're staying at a fancy hotel with a hotel bar because Qatar, being a Muslim country, you're not allowed to consume alcohol for the most part. You can do it. In well, that's not bars. entirely true. You can do it in hotel bars. Yeah, there you go. But you can't walk down the street, you know, the 40 in your hand like you can. If also you're true. You know, like, you've got to seek it out. Right. And originally, there were going to be the Budweiser fan zones because Budweiser paid out ten, tens of millions, hundreds mm -hmm. of millions, however much they did yep. to be pretty much the exclusive beer of the World Cup yep. on the ground and sponsorship-wise. So imagine being a fan from, from that from mm -hmm. the side of it first. You travel to Qatar, spend that money, you pay to get out the there. ass for your God, yeah. your hotel, your your travel, your yep. tickets, all that. And two days before the World Cup kicks off, the Qatari government says, "Ah, you know what? In the fan zones, we're not doing it. We're not doing the booze." Yeah. If if you want to drink and watch soccer, which is the only way to watch soccer, you have to be in a luxury suite and you have to be a sponsor, VIP guest, high roller, etc. It's a goddamn disgrace. It absolutely is. It's a fucking disgrace, dude. <laughs> it absolutely is. Yeah, and it's like so. So now, like you're just you're you're in Qatar, and you have to watch soccer sober. You're like, wow, um, you know this game is kind of that's like the equivalent of know, watching let's, paint let's, dry. Let's pick it up here. Completely waste of time. Pick it up here. It's a waste of time. And it's like when I watch the Masters. That's the only golf tournament I watch from start to finish every year. Mm. I get I have the beer flowing during that game because you have to. Yeah. Right. And as the only guy at this table who's been to the Middle East, okay, over there, I gotta go to a bar. Like I had to walk to a hotel bar, right? Because my the hotel I was staying at, they were kind of eh, about it. The the bars were crap. 
and, and so, you were in Dubai. I was in Dubai and I was in Abu Dhabi. Right, which is like not what we're talking about in Qatar. Like those are two, you know, very heavy expat populations first, you know, who are there, but two very heavy tourist destinations as well. And, it, and it's still hard to find. It's hard to find booze bar. anywhere. Like I had to go on the Google machine and find a somewhat decent bar anywhere mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. I wanted to get out of my hotel, right? I wanted to go be amongst the people, but I was there during Ramadan, so nobody was out. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I, this pissed me off, dude. Like just the, the World Cup in general, being in Qatar, just for a multitude of reasons, from the human rights issues to the, uh, like you said, there's to much the, bigger issues to the alcohol ban. I mean, there's drink, there's bigger <laughs> issues definitely than the alcohol ban. But I, I'm so annoyed about the whole tournament being there because it shouldn't be. Makes me look forward to 2026 when it's in Canada, US, and Mexico. So yeah, that will be much better. I'm 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 kind of glad that this this whole alcohol ban thing came up because it did put a much brighter spotlight on what exactly is going on in Qatar and why this is in place. Yep. And you know, leaving the actual Muslim, you know, the religion of Islam. Sure. All of that out of it, it comes down to the way that that you know Qatar is is governed, mm -hmm. and the and the principles that they govern by. Yep. And now we have an extremely bright light from the rest of the world shown upon Qatar, and it starts with the alcohol ban. But mm -hmm. then that begs the question: Okay, well, why is this a thing? Okay, well, you know, it comes from the government and stuff. Okay, well, what else are they doing? You know? Yeah. Pretty much not just rumors, but. All of these stadiums that they built for the World Cup and all the facilities and all the hotels and everything built by slave labor, you know, immigrant slave labor, like let's call it what it is, that that's horrible. That's horrible. All for the sake of painting Qatar on an international stage as this tremendous, you know, this tremendous destination. Mm. Qatar wants to be mentioned up there with Dubai and with Abu Dhabi. Yeah. And we see it in Saudi Arabia too. Saudi Arabia, um, the term is sport washing. You know, yeah, you can see it in China too. Yeah, in China too during the Olympics. Yeah, well, yeah, Olympics. Yeah, same thing. Like all, it's of all sudden, facade. Yeah. Something, something that's going to be interesting to touch on after this is over is what the ratings are like. Yeah, a lot of uh, most people, most people are are opting to not watch the World Cup one because they really didn't care that you know too much anyway. Right. But two, they're really making a point to be vocal and saying. Not only am I not watching because I don't really have an interest in it. Exactly. I'm specifically not watching because I am aware yep. of what goes on in Qatar and I don't agree with it. Yep. But we see it with Saudi Arabia too. Um, $10 billion deal with WWE mm -hmm. uh, to bring live events there once or twice a year. I forget what it is. Um, but golf, no, golf. no ladies can compete LME there. golf. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I mean, hundreds of millions of dollars go into these golfers just to play. Yep. exclusively in Saudi Arabia. Um, Formula One signing a long-term deal to be in Saudi Arabia and also I signing a 10-year yeah. deal to also be in Qatar. So you've got yeah. these these countries that are saying, oh, look at us, you know, let's bring these world events in mm -hmm. and let's just, you know, totally wipe away all these horrendous human rights issues. So like when have. F1 goes to Colombia, that's going to be interesting. Well, if, if they even do, I, if who, they, if who, they who knows do. if, if right. that'll even happen, but that's, right. that's, you know, kind of the same thing. And, you know, South Africa's bringing in Formula One, but they're doing it, you know, I think in the right way. I think they're saying, hey, we are 
we want to do this the right way. You know? Yeah. Um, we were supposed to have a race in, in Vietnam as well. I think that they were doing it the right way. Oh yeah. They're saying, Hey, we're ready to re-enter the world stage and this is how we're going to do it. And everybody's going to be better off for it. I don't think that that's what's happening with Qatar. Um, with the world cup. I right. think that they're just trying to pigeonhole, Hey, look at us. We're Qatar. You know, we, we have our own airline that can compete with, uh, with Emirates. That's um, true. We have our infrastructure on the ground and, you know, our whole tourism economy. So don't go to, you know, Dubai and Abu Dhabi, come to Qatar. I, I'm sure it's a perfectly lovely place, but there's a lot of issues that are there, mm -hmm. you know, but it's funny that you kind of segued a little bit from the world cup in Qatar to touch on F1 a little bit, you know, because with, what happened with Abu Dhabi and the the season finale of Formula One for 2022? I think, you know, I want again chalk it up to what you said before about how this is just kind of a weird time for sports. It's kind of, it just it, it, it's just a little bit stale, right? Yeah, it you know it was this year. I mean, World Cup just kicked off this morning. Yeah. Um, USA, unfortunately, uh, tied, which shouldn't even be a thing. But we tie with Wales. Mm -hmm. I mean, what is Wales? They're all in the water. How do they? Even you know what is Gareth game? Bale? Gareth Bale kept us from winning that game. I don't. Yeah. Gareth Bale, who plays for Real Madrid. I loved him as Batman. I know. I see what you did there. Well played. <laughs> but, not not Christian Bale. Wrong Bale. Yeah. Jeff. No, I mean they. Yeah. You know, that's 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 kind of. I guess that's the expectation for the U.S. in this tournament is, hey, show up, make an appearance, etc. But, yeah, Abu Dhabi, Formula 1 Grand Prix season finale. Well, listen, we got spoiled from last year's Abu Dhabi because that was just about as much suspense as anybody could have ever hoped for with that finish, right? That but, was the pinnacle. You have, yeah. coming out of the pandemic, you have all of your Netflix Formula 1 fans yeah, yeah. that buy into the manufactured drama that that show creates. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you have it actually playing out on track you couldn't script it. The two best drivers in the world, yep. bar none on talent, you know, in the sport right now. And they're they're one and two in the championship. And it literally comes down to the last lap, mm -hmm. turn five on the last lap. Well, and anything that causes Mercedes pain is fine by me. So <laughs> I'm a Red Bull guy. Exactly. And, and and this year you've got Max Verstappen locking up the championship in Japan several weeks ago. You have Red no, 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 no. You say his name right. It's not Max. It's Super, Super Max. Max. There you go. All right. Locking up the world championship. And I wish our several weeks ago. listeners can look at Alex's face right now because he's sitting there going, "I don't know what the hell you guys are talking about." Yes. You know what we need to do Driving. is we need to strap him to a chair and make him watch FP one and two with us and quality for a race next year just for the hell of it. I we mean, should. I've watched. I, I was yeah, here no, last yeah, summer. Yeah, I've watched some. Summer. I just you know. But you know what? That's that's how I got hooked. Is he made me do that? Yeah. And I got. Hooked. I mean, I started watching the the documentary and everything. Yeah. I just, I'm a NASCAR guy. Well, he he got me hooked on a whole bunch of things. Yeah. Like he got me hooked on Formula One. He got me hooked. Um, what was the you have you watch um, Ford versus Ferrari? Mm -hmm. What was the what was the rush? Senna rush Senna Ford versus Ferrari. No, there was the Ford Ferrari documentary, and then you had me watch the movie, mm -hmm. and then Drive to Survive. With Matt Damon, yeah. Yeah, gotcha. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. But, yeah, it was, you know, for, for all in, in, intents and purposes, and unfortunately this is the way that I see Formula 1 going. Yeah. It's It was a boring race for the mm -hmm. most part. It was. 
And Max Verstappen was running around to the front. He was he was in his own universe, you know, never challenged for the win. Um, I still wasn't – I still watching him, knowing what he did to Sergio, uh, to, to Checo. I, I'm with we you. We talked about that last week. We did. Yeah. I know. I, but I still no, have a little yeah. – I have, I have a little leftover spike. It didn't, it, it didn't come up in this race, and I'm sure right. I'm sure the Red Bull was, was happy to sweep that under the rug. Hey, shout out to Red Bull's PR team on that one. Because, yeah. yeah. I mean, if there was five or six races to go in the season, yeah, it would be a much bigger yeah. deal. Yeah. Season's over now. No one cares. And, I mean, yeah, it, like I've, I'm just looking at the notes here. Boring race for the, for the most part. Yeah. Um, what did piss me off is early in the race, we saw Carlos Sainz, uh, you know, Kind of pushed Lewis Hamilton a little bit wide, but it was it was the first lap. Or I believe see, I thought lap. it was an aggressive move. I thought Sainz was totally right to do that. Well, Lewis did the same thing that he did last year. In of the course, he did too. And he felt a little pressure on the inside, and he says, "Okay, I'm just going to completely avoid this contact, not even try and make the right. corner, cut the corner, and then dive back in several car lengths ahead of Carlos Sainz, who he was neck and neck with going into the corner, mm -hmm. and." Okay, fine. You know, racing incident, first lap, you're fighting for a very small piece of real estate with a, a, a yeah. lot of cars. Here's why it pissed me off. Last year, you talked about how exciting the race finish was with Lewis and Max and mm -hmm. the World Championship coming down wow. to the last lap. Yep. Maybe that should have never happened. That was a, that that was was a Michael Massey of the moment yeah. decision from the race director to say, you know what? We're going to do it this way all of a sudden. Well, and part of me wants to think about how that all ended up last year. Michael Massey was like, do you think you own me. Let me show you what I'm going to do to you yeah. and see how it's this not is race right anymore. Exactly. So, yeah, I just so I, I look, but I look forward to Abu Dhabi every year because Yas Island is a stunning track. It right? is. It is. It doesn't always produce the best racing, oh, it was just but boring. it has the potential. Yeah. But last year, you have a decision from race control affecting the world championship. Right. You can argue that that was entirely incorrect. Sure. And the race control should have taken the boring approach and not thought about the show and not thought about it's called motor racing. You know, it's called the motor race. We went car racing was the quote from Michael Massey. thought about, no, no, Mikey, this is so not right. He, that race could have easily ended under a safety car sure. and Lewis is world champion, and that's that. Right. That's one approach. But I think with the Netflix era and everything, and you yeah. have a new-ish race director, sure. Michael Massey, I think he's thinking, wait a minute, we need to make this a spectacle. And it was a spectacle, mm -hmm. but it led to a lot of what is the FIA doing? And first of all, these rules that they yeah. govern by aren't even that clear. And we saw that again with this incident of Carlos Sainz pushing Lewis Hamilton. Right. Maybe he left from room, maybe he didn't. Either way, Lewis Hamilton goes way off track to avoid allegedly Carlos Sainz. He enters several meters further down and then all of a sudden has a bigger, much bigger advantage than he had going in. Okay, so normally leaving the track gaining an advantage. There's a clear-cut penalty for that. It's a five-second penalty. Mm -hmm. That's that's what the stewards have decided in the past. That's pretty par for the course. A team can avoid a penalty if they review the footage and if they radio to their driver within mm -hmm. a few laps at a maximum, usually the same lap right away, a few corners even. Yeah. They say, hey, uh, we think that you went off track and gained an advantage there. You might want to give that position back before the FIA comes in and gives us a penalty. That's right. how it should go. The FIA sent a directive to all the teams before this season and even at different points during the season that said, hey, we're not going to tell you when you're going to get a penalty. It is yeah. up to you to 
tell your driver to give the position back if you think that's the right thing to do. Yeah. If you don't, then we'll listen to you. You can plead your case, but there might be a penalty coming your way if you don't do that. Mm. And then all of a sudden we have Mercedes on the radio to Lewis Hamilton uh, three or four laps later. Lewis, we've been asked to give the place back. Lewis, we've yeah. been asked to give the, the right. place back. You know, you know how I summarize that, dude? How many times have you sent me that GIF like when we were texting back and forth of the moving goalposts? Yeah, that's right? what it is. That's what the, that symbolizes the FIA yeah. there. It's a moving goalpost. If you're going to send a director to the team that says, hey, this is how we're going to handle it. Right. Then with a very high-profile driver last race of the season, Abu Dhabi, everyone's yeah. watching. All of a sudden, you go, you go back on that, and you have Mercedes saying, hey, we've, we've been asked right. to give the place back. What is going on? It's – the FIA is just so frustrating. They got some shit. They got some shit to figure so out. Bigger here. question: Is it time for F one to move on from the FIA? Absolutely. And I, I don't even know if they can. But can you? But can you create an F one commissioner? Can there be a commissioner the where the buck stops with that person? So, right. So NASCAR. Alex mentioned NASCAR. NASCAR is their own governing body. Right. So does, they make the rules. Does NASCAR have like when a penalty is handed down in NASCAR? Right. Who hands down that penalty in NASCAR? Is it a commissioner? Is it a governing body? Who is it? Who hands that down? I'm not sure. There's, there, there's not a figurehead. Okay. There's nobody like, oh, let's go to Michael Massey or let's go to Eduardo Freitas, you know, like, like right. the FIA has. It just comes from NASCAR. They okay. say NASCAR has handed down a penalty to the 45 car. So you get a Formula One governing body just and like and NASCAR it's very, has. And it's very in, – in, I believe that NASCAR has driver advisors or stewards, as they would be sure. Called, yeah, um, that you know consult, but it's it's usually NASCAR is kind of unique because nothing usually happens on track. Usually, the penalties are very black and white. Mm -hmm. um, you have speeding on pit road. Um, that is a very easy penalty. You, you say, have unsafe yep, release. You have you have uh, equipment leaving the pit box. Um, with speeding up here, is that that's not the same as unsafe release, right? Well, speeding on you, you can speed on entry, you can speed on exit. Okay, I got there's, you. Okay, there's no yeah, pit yeah. limiter in NASCAR. I got you. You can't press the button on your steering wheel, and all of a sudden the car doesn't go faster than that. Yeah, yeah. it's all based on reps. There's not even a speedometer, you know, yeah. on a NASCAR dashboard. So based on how high your engine is revving in a certain gear, usually second gear, that indicates the speed that you should be traveling at. Yeah, if you go over that, you get a penalty. Um, and that's very black and white. There's sensors that, that you know, dictate that. Um, if you drive away and you still got the gas can, you know, or a wrench in your rear window or whatever, mm. you're leaving your pit box with equipment. If a tire gets away on pit road, you can see that. And that's the suspension for the crew chief in NASCAR. But, you know, yeah. what does that if do for FIA? If you're driving around and your bumper's falling off. Yeah. And it's causing a hazardous condition. And, you know, Dude, you don't put Latifi on blast with, you know, the bumper falling <laughs> off. Okay. That's... NASCAR is very cut and dry, but yeah. to my point, IndyCar is its own governing body. They yes, don't it is. have a third party that comes in and oversees all things IndyCar. Yeah. If there's a penalty in IndyCar, you know, unsafe driving, um, causing contact, whatever it is, or, you know, uh, causing avoidable contact, whatever it is, that's a penalty that comes down. NASCAR or uh, IndyCar, it's usually, you know, come down pit road. Um, it's a stop and go. It's whatever it is. Right. Um, NASCAR usually, you know, it's a, it's just go to the back of the field, figure yeah. it out from there. NASCAR, right, right. but um, it just seems like NASCAR's got to figure it out. F1's got some work to do. Well, IMSA, which is the the 
you know, sports car racing, endurance racing in the U.S. The mm -hmm. North American series is, is IMSA. Um, 24 hours of Daytona, 12 hours of Sebring. Right. That's that series. They are their own governing body. IMSA oversees IMSA. IMSA also oversees several other series. Mm -hmm. But IMSA oversees, you know, it's called the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. But the governing body is IMSA. Um, F1 has this weird dance partner with the FIA. But the FIA wouldn't really exist without Formula One. They do oversee... Yeah. They oversee Formula E. They oversee the World Endurance Championship, which is uh, similar to IMSA, but they race at Le Mans and you know six-hour races, Silverstone, yeah. Bahrain, etc. Um, but is it time for Formula One? You've got the Netflix crowd, the American crowd. They want the drama. They don't want the technical oversight, but above all, they want consistency. So, is it time for Formula One to say, you know what, we don't we're going to band together yeah. as teams yeah. and as Formula One management, which is what the teams are called collectively? And say, you know what, FAA, we don't need you anymore because you can't figure shit out. Is it time? Absolutely. Is it going to happen? Hell no. Because exactly. you know why? There's one entity. There's power. It's all about the power. Mm -hmm. And FIA is not about to go away quietly. There's no way. I think that there's two in bed because one doesn't really exist without the other. There you go. But it could. It could. But, but will smarter heads prevail? No. Because yeah. FIA doesn't know how to do things the smart way. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting going into you know 2023. Yeah. The 2022 season had more eyeballs on the U.S. side. Um, one thing, can I just say one thing that really pissed me off is they didn't do more for Vettel at the end of the uh, Abu Dhabi race. Yeah, that you know, I, I mean, I don't he know burned that, out. Like they gave him a nice poignant interview and things like that. So there but, were plans for him to do donuts with Alonso and with Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, um, you know the other world champions right. on grid. Uh, Max was there, of course, because he won the race. Sure, sure. Um, Alonso and Lewis Hamilton retired from the race with mechanical issues, so you, you you didn't have that moment. Right. But it did feel like they could have done more to send off a full-time yeah. world champion as one of the most popular drivers in the series. Because everybody loves him. Mm -hmm. And I don't believe for a second he's retired fully. He's going to come back in some fashion. That's kind of what they're saying. We'll see. Yeah, we'll you know, see. Who knows? I think um, – but you said something uh, – a couple days ago that you said that he would make a great team principal. And I totally think you're right Absolutely, on that one. Yeah. 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 yeah totally. I think he stays involved in the sport. So Absolutely. Um, and then you were educating me about Logan Sargent looking forward to uh, 2023. And I think that uh, it's going to be great to have an American driver in formula one. Finally. Well, exactly. More American eyeballs on the sport. Yeah. And then, you know, certainly the last decade or two, right. depending on kind of which metrics you look at, television ratings, not telling yeah. the story, but the ratings were up there with the late 90s and the early 2000s when yeah. they kind of peaked in America. But when you add in all the social media interaction, yep. you, you, you want to keep in, growing the sport in the US. Yeah, you add in all the on demand stuff through yeah. F1 TV and the YouTube channel and everything. Right. The engagement with the sport was at an all-time high right. in the U.S. and even worldwide in, in new markets that they haven't even really traditionally tapped into, right. like the Middle East. So you have a guy like Logan Sargent coming in in 2023. Imagine what kind of groundwork that's going to lay for a guy like Colton Herta. If he gets enough license... Or Herta enough, would have been a slam dunk. Well, but if he gets enough points on his super could, license yeah. to to get to join F1, which I think is only a matter of time. eventually, yeah. Yeah. With McLaren, right? But... I mean, who knows? Yeah, McLaren Alfatori was interested at one point. Red Bull, I think, thought about it, right? Oh yeah, they they thought yeah. about pulling the trigger. But Logan Sargent, I I've watched Logan Sargent since 2019 mm -hmm. um, when he was coming up through the junior ranks. He was a race winner in Formula. And, and Liam Lawson is from where? Australia. Australia. Okay, yeah. good. All right. Um, 
Sargent, a race winner in Formula 3, was in contention up until the last race weekend, mm -hmm. um, I believe in 2020, Okay. Um, in Formula 3. Okay. And I'm thinking, shit, this guy's American, and he's raced for the championship, and he's a race winner. No one's talking about it. What's right, going on? Right, right, right. And the following year, he ran out of money, mm -hmm. and he he ended up eventually getting a Formula 3 seat, but it was with a lesser team. Mm -hmm. um, he was uh, with Prima that is always – they always bring the best cars in Formula 3. Yeah. Um, but he's a guy that I'm, I'm very happy ended up in Formula 2 this year for a full season with a good team where he was able to win races, hang around in the championship for a little while. Um, he deserves that seat that he's got at Williams, and I was happy – that um that you know he he has a race seat unequivocally and it is based on merit um he's not being pigeonholed in the car as an american he's he's got the pedigree and i think his season in formula two this year proved that because yeah, he was right. able to win a few races so i'm excited to just watch him and see what he can do i mean it's williams i know williams isn't maybe as competitive as red bull quick. or really quick Mercedes, he's not so. necessarily quick over one lap of qualifying but he's very very quick over the course of a race. Well, he sure as hell is going to be quicker than Latifi. I mean, I'm he just going to say it. Oh, yeah. He but, absolutely will be. So, um, yeah. I mean, looking forward to that yeah, for next year. Definitely. Um, a lot of interesting storylines going into 2023. Can Mercedes bounce back? What's Ferrari going to look like? We talked about Ferrari last week. Maybe yeah. going to change the team principal position, hopefully. Yeah. Um, well, a little bit of um, a little bit of breaking news to, to kind of, you know, bridge the gap between – today's show and next week we're going to kind of track it and see what happens between now and our next show um breaking news it looks like aaron judge and the san francisco giants are going to sit down and talk we'll see if anything happens oh yeah that was always yeah giants, we'll giants, made giants were always in on him they made sure. the mistake of coming out in the media and saying yeah that they're not the giants have always been in on him but they have like an actual meeting to sit down and talk so we'll see what comes of that i think the yankees totally screwed that up judge, judge he'll be back with the yankees you think he will yes okay well, for we'll see who else is in on that, but we'll see if that develops into anything. If he wanted to sign with the Giants, he wouldn't be with them first. That's true. We'll, to, we'll see what happens. We'll see what develops. He wants that. their bid as a bargaining chip. Yeah. If he wanted to sign with the Giants, he'd go get all the other offers first, then go to the Giants. He's going to become the highest paid Yankee of all time. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. No question. No question. Um, all right. Well, Atlanta Braves membership, you know, sign Dansby Swanson, please. We've got a dinner reservation that we got to make. Yeah, we do. So we're going to head down. Uh, tonight's episode has been brought to you by the Good Foods Butter Chicken. Yep. Uh, available at uh, Walmart. Great, uh, great, great value. Great value. Uh, great value. Good foods. We also good have foods, to – We have to <laughs> thank our uh, – We have to thank our producers for today. Um, mm -hmm. Lamp. Lamp. Yeah. And Lamp the dog. Lamp said, is letting us know that it's time. And also said the dog. They're yeah. giving us the go-home key. Yeah. Hey, and uh, Alex, thanks for joining us today, bro. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, thanks for jumping on. Hopefully I can be on uh, – Oh, dude. More. Looking forward to having you on uh, – as many shows we can get you on yeah. going forward, dude. Yeah, I live here now. So. Hopefully, we get Christine on a show in the near future. Mm -hmm. Yep, our paralegal. Yeah, keeps, we paralegal. will keep selling Christine week after yeah, week. We do. After week. I mean, you yeah. know, it, both of our listeners, and it, especially the one who's not Christine, is going to be like, "Does this?" If we have to, uh, if we have person. to, if, you know, yield to any legal questions, she's going to be the. Uh, uh, long balls and loggers, uh, legal analysts. Our one-hour podcast that is almost two hours long at this point oh, is going to get a lot Lord. longer. All right, I need a margarita. That's a legal, legal question. Chicken answer. Yeah. I need a margarita. Let's go. All right, Justin Rescue, Ryan Newton, signing out. Alex Gratis making the suspended indefinitely debut. We're signing out. We're suspended Deuces. indefinitely.